being taller makes you more Dating has to work with oh. center of gravity. I mean, definitely the shorter you are, the better from a center of gravity standpoint. Right. Although, like, I'm not entirely sure on that, but I'm pretty sure that's how that works. But typically, a lot of the professional skaters are going to be shorter. That There are outliers, but a lot of the pros are under six feet, but then there's really? fews that are over. It's yeah. So a centered gravity thing. Yeah, I would, I would think Tony so. Tony Hawk's a little bit taller than He's that, right? taller. He's over six feet. It kind of depends on what you're doing. A lot of... A lot of the transition skaters and things, too, so people who skate on, on ramps or in bowls and things, you can be kind of a, a taller person for that, no problem. But a lot of the street skaters who are more kind of finesse or skating really big stair sets and ledges and all that typically tend to be smaller. Yeah. But, you know, people, it's an anomaly. You know, people are always going to surprise you with skating. That's what's yeah. so crazy. It doesn't really matter, you know, if, if you're skating, you're skating. So It's, yeah. it's the wildest sport at... What would, is it activity, extreme sport? Yeah, right. It's extreme sport, right? I guess you'd call it yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, a, it's an extreme sport of sorts, but it's it's hard to categorize, I feel like, as a sport. This is something that comes up so often. It yeah. is it is in the sense of there is a required amount of athleticism. There, oh, it's, absolutely. It's, of course, there's, it's an athletic pursuit in a lot of ways. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of at this unique intersection point between sport and art it's kind of like at that at that y intersection you know so mm-hmm. what what is it some people do treat it more like a sport and especially nowadays with more corporate involvement it's gotten bigger from a contest standpoint and being the olympics you can very much go the route of you know everyday practicing at the skate park you got a trainer you're stretching you've got your nutrition plan you could go that route mm-hmm. people do you know but then some people take it the full creative side some people are more involved in skateboarding than anybody could ever imagine and they don't even they might not even be skating day to day. They could be a photographer. They could yeah. be a filmer, and they could be in it more than most people who are rolling around. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's, and then there's everybody in between, and so it's fascinating. It's, I think that's why it draws such a such a wide crowd. You know, in so many really different ways crowd. because it <laughs> it can appeal in whatever in whatever way you see fit. You know? Yeah, and and to the average person, I grew up around a lot of skaters um, back in Hickory Hills, and I skated too. But nothing crazy. I, my first time trying to go down a half pipe, was probably it was in Tinley Park. Nice. Um, it's like 2000, 2001. And I dropped in. I was like, I was like, I did it in my head. And I go up. <laughs> For sure. And come this way, skateboard shoots out. Yeah. My face goes straight into the pole and teeth went through my lip. Oh, no way. Yeah, like bloody <laughs> nose, swollen oh, so cheeks. you took a huge one oh, right yeah, off the and bat. I was done. Yeah. I was done. I was like, I'm never doing that again. That's... That's a pretty good ender, like for for because you hear some people, oh, I fell, I sprained my wrist, or like that's pretty. That's a pretty good one to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm about finished. You know, if that's one of the first injuries you get, that's rough. I mean, that was just the first one with skateboarding. I I ended up having them in like every extreme sport, and then I was like, I'm done. Sure, because uh, I I started getting into longboarding and climbing massive hills. I know all about that. Yeah, and I had I had a real bad accident, like. Should have died, type of accident. What? How, what we went were, down? Did you ever hear of Lamont? Yeah, of Illinois, course. Where the yeah. big hills Dude, are? I I used to skate downhill for ten years. Oh, That's okay. what I did before skating. Yeah. Like, well, it was a mix. I was doing it all at once, but in theory, you know, the main thing I was doing was skating downhill. I did it for a okay. while. Okay. Yeah. So you did you do in Lamont because they have famous yeah. hills for that? Yeah, Lamont. <laughs> we were in. We went to Algonquin, but we went to up towards like northern Illinois, Mississippi yeah. Palisades State yeah. Park, up by it was. It's like close to. Uh, 
what is it? Clinton, Iowa. It's right on the Mississippi, so you get the big bluffs up there. But okay. I spent a good amount of time traveling for it. Okay. Too, so, yeah. Longboarding or skateboarding? Longboarding. Well, both, okay. but longboarding mainly. Better for the hills. Yeah, yeah. man. You got to find them out there. <laughs> I yeah. went, I had, I bought a really nice loaded skateboard Sick. from, what was that skate shop in downtown LaGrange? Um, not First Gear. That was in Berlin. Oh, yeah. The one in La- Oh, uh, <sighs> wait. The one, it's on, Totally bored. Totally bored, yes. Dude, so we... Yeah, I used that, to go there a lot. Okay, that is... one. Cheers, too, by the way. Oh, yeah, cheers. Dude. Skateboarding. Totally bored. Mm-hmm. That was like me and my homies' um, kind of first little... Maybe not first, but first smaller shop sponsor at the time. Because we were filming a lot of longboard downhill-related videos. And totally bored, the guy... I forget his name now. We didn't really even know him. I think we just talked to one of the managers of the shop. They just, like, let us get discounts on stuff. So we drive all the way out to LaGrange. And Where were go, you from? Like, we were Glen Ellen. Oh, okay. So Glen Ellen, Lombard, far. Wheaton. Yeah, so not not too far at the time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's so... Dude, I have not thought about Totally, totally Bored. Totally Bored. Yeah. I got it in 2009. Used it for a year. My buddies, we all got longboards at the same time. We were all going around. Everyone was kind of, like, uh, grew up skating. Sure. But no one really got good at it, so we went into like, yeah. longboarding. Sure. It's a different world. And we would go to Lamont and, yep. you know, give my buddy some gas money. We'd grab into the back of his car. He'd pull us up the hills. Right. But we'd only go down the hills that we, like, looked out and made sure they were, like, safe. Yes. Or least, spotted for cars. Spotted yeah. cars. Right. We'd go at night and make yeah. sure it was just safe. Like, it wasn't, like, a dead end or something. I see. I see. Yeah. We can get out of the big bomb. And some of these hills were hitting 45, 55 miles yeah, an hour. Yeah, right. And we ended up going down this one right past the school. And my buddy, Jake... He grew up skateboarding, a really good skater. I was following him and trusting him. It turned out he didn't. I thought he like looked at the hill. He knew already. He, yeah. he didn't. We went down this hill, and it is a big hill. It leads right down the main street. It's called Julia Street, Julian Main Street. And <laughs> we're bombing it, and I'm like, sometimes feel right. Like, we didn't look at this one. I don't see an end anywhere. Sure. And we're just going faster and faster and faster. Yeah, of course. You're just cooking. And I estimated at the time that we hit about 60 Later on, I put a car in neutral, put yeah. it down, and it hit 60. So I was like, we're probably going 60. Flying. And then I see at the end of the hill that it just meets at a dead end. It just hits the railroads. Like, it's just dead. It's not even a street. And my heart sinks. I'm like, this is how I die. I'm 20 years old. <laughs> this is how it is. This is how it is, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. No protection, no helmet, no knee, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Just nothing. And I see he's in front of me. I see him try to take the turn. He can't, obviously, and just slaps in the concrete and just goes flying. To the sure. It looked bad. I was like, he just died, and I'm next. Yeah, right. And I see a little <laughs> patch of grass, and I'm like, if I can make it to that grass, this would be a lot less yeah. painful. And in trying to get the, to the grass towards the end, I kind of lost control. Sure. I didn't think it speed wobbles. I just lost control. Of course, Those boards yeah. can handle it well. And I did an endless amount of somersaults. I don't know, 12 sure. somersaults. Uh, broke this wrist, sprained this one. Sprained both ankles, uh, broke my tailbone. No way. Yeah, and, sh- like, it was bad. And then ripped off, they said, like, 18% of my skin off my body. It was so painful. I thought I broke my back, because when I got up, yeah, when course, I, when I came to, yeah. I didn't even get knocked out. When I jumped up, my glasses and socks and shoes just were gone. They just flew off me. And I was, like, alive. And I just kept saying, like, I'm alive. <laughs> and I didn't feel anything. I was just numb. Full ragdoll. Just numb. Full ragdoll. But didn't hurt. Head or core. Nothing. Yeah, which just, is legit. Which is the most That's important what you thing. Want. Yeah. And I just, all of a sudden the pain hit me and I collapsed and I was like, my back's broke. Like I can't yeah. move. 
I can't feel anything. I couldn't move my wrists. Yeah. Broken or sprained, you can't move them um, at first. They just feel numb. Yeah, they get all tight, you know. They get all yeah. weird and tight and numb and stuff. And, um, yeah, I went to the hospital, and they were like, what the heck? X-rayed me, and they couldn't believe it that what I told them, like, you were so lucky you're alive. And my buddy, he ended up... He felt actually better than I did because I don't know how, but he didn't get his hurt. He just got a bunch of road rash. Sure. No broken bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after that, I was like, hmm, I don't know. It's, I couldn't get back the sensation sure. when you get on a board and you. I always had this, like, my stomach sinking. Yeah, of course, yeah. It just never went away. To this yeah. day, I just, like, can't do it. Yeah, I've never no, really I done it you. since. That's a, that's a big crash. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. That's the thing with skating downhill. It's different than traditional skating in the yeah. sense of, you don't necessarily crash as often, but when you do, it's typically really bad, you know, yeah. and the whole point's avoiding. Because there's not, when you strip it down, there's really three tricks. You you go straight, you turn left, and you turn right, yeah. you know. And yeah. so can you drift both ways? Can you tuck properly? Whatever. But that's the thing. You're just avoiding falling kind of at all costs. And when you do <laughs> fall, since they're more rare, they're usually pretty rough, they're you know, bad. to say is an understatement, but yeah. Yeah, have you ever fallen doing longboard? Oh, yeah, I mean, a, a, a ton, man. Yeah, there was one, we were um, skating this one road up near Clinton, Iowa in the rain, um, and it was like this big hairpin turn that led into a big straightaway, but pretty, pretty fast road, and washed out, whatever, it was a backside, for me, it was a right, a right-hand corner, so it was a backside drift washed out because it was in the rain, slid through the other lane. Thankfully, there was no cars and right into the guardrail. Broke Ooh. my – I broke my right ankle. I kind of slid in, you know, at an angle with my legs up like this. The first leg hit the guardrail and snapped my ankle, but then I slid through kind of like all the way to my nuts, you know. Oh. But on the way that I slid through, the other leg caught on like some uh, deadbolt or something that was holding the guardrail together, and that's what really did a number. I mean, I ripped ripped my whole shin open, and that's what was really – Luckily, I didn't need surgery on the leg. On my broken leg, they just casted it. But the the cut brought a lot of problems, you know, because it oh, was yeah. so deep and things like that. Um, That's a gash. That's not a cut. Yeah, it's not a Yeah, it was a definitely. Bolt, you, how fast were you going you hit that? 30, I mean, 40? Sliding? At the time, I slid across the whole road. I was, because it was still a little bit slick, I bet I was going 30 or 35 at that yeah. point still. Um, thankfully, I didn't you know, fall sooner or yeah. excuse me later so that it wasn't, it, I wasn't hitting it that fast. Yeah. You know, I at least had some time to brace and slow down. It was a guardrail. It was a guardrail. It wasn't the other end of the guardrail. Was it uh, a drop off? Yeah, thing? it's a drop off. It's like a, a cliff per se, because it just came right off, but there's so much kind of shrubbery and bushes okay. that you'd probably get caught on some stuff. And even if you slid down the whole thing, you'd be all torn up, but it's not like a cliff where you'd Dying. break things, but just, yeah. yeah, kind of like a steep, yeah, forest wall why of sorts. Why do we do these things? Yeah, I don't know. It's fun, you know? How old are you? If you don't mind me I'm 28. Okay, I'm yeah. 34, so. Yeah. A little bit older, but we, yeah. No, it's, I, all the crazy stuff I've done in life and somehow survived. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of survivals. I don't know how. Um, <laughs> yeah, even car accidents, like. Sometimes it's like, what am I doing? How is I know. This, how is this and it makes going? you, it makes, it's, it's like good and bad. It's good because it allows you to, like, appreciate life and when you are healthy and whatnot. Of course, man. But it's bad. I don't know if – I can't speak for you, but you probably have seen this a lot in your friends, skaters and, and people who do things like that. It also can make you a bit numb to when bad things happen. Because of course. you've had it so much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, the threshold for pain and suffering sure. is so high that you can come off as, like, cold – Sure. You know? I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and I always wondered, like, people who do a lot of extreme sports, like, how they 
feel about it, how they think sure. about life. Because I've always felt that almost between the festival and always getting hurt doing it and hammers falling off stuff and knocking your head and getting cut by stuff and just really banged up, um, setting a bar so high. For sure. You know, and yeah, yeah. yeah, the extreme sports stuff. I also like climbing. You know, two weeks after that accident, the longboarding when I was 20, I had a cast on this hand. I could barely walk because my broken tailbone. I went cliff jumping in Joliet in the in the quarry there. Yeah, right. 50-foot cliffs, like still yeah, with a broken huge, cast. Man. Yeah. And like, why did I so stupid? I know, but you you're know? just fired up, dude. <laughs> Sometimes wild, you got to, yeah, right. But that's the thing. When you, when you don't have the one kind of outlet that, yeah, it's kind of this calculated risk outlet, you know, that you kind of test the waters with and push yourself to see if what's feasible and find out, you know, and sometimes you really find out, you know, in, in some cases. But then when you're hurt and you can't do that, for me, that's what it's most dangerous because then I try and find it elsewhere, and that's when you start messing around, like, just doing dumb, risky stuff in general. You <laughs> yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I see, I understand that because you're like, well, I can't skate. I can jump off this <laughs> cliff, though. You know, so like, no, I find myself. When you say it like yeah, that, you're you know, one of the few people I've met that got excited. Yeah. Like you related, like, I can still oh, dude, jump off a cliff, though. Totally. I don't need my wrist dude, for that. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, we just, I literally was just in um, Arizona for a friend's wedding. And I had to, I flew Frontier or whatever, super cheap. You like can't even bring a bag, you know. So I just stuffed as much stuff for the wedding in my small little uh, backpack that fits in their crazy tight yeah. carry on kind of size checker right before, and they're they got all eyes on you as you're trying to jam the thing in there, and otherwise they make you pay whatever hundred bucks at the gate to check mm. to check a carry on bag. It's crazy. So anyway, I was trying to do a budget, but I was going to Scottsdale where the wedding was at, and there's a bunch of pools there like empty pools for skating. I've skated a few before. So I really wanted to bring my board, you know, to be able to skate a little while I was out there because I was taking the trip anyway. But I couldn't because just couldn't really afford the the ticket and just wanted to kind of get in and get out, you yeah, know, things yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and so, like I was saying, you're finding other ways, like, oh, man. So I'm hanging at my friend's place and so she's got a pool and she has this low-hanging roof. And I'm like, I could totally get up on that roof, you know, and jump into the pool. I'm going to go do that. And so... <laughs> The the fence around the house is all made of cinder blocks. And so it's like a cinder block wall. It's got to be like, I don't know, seven and a half or eight feet tall, I'd imagine, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then on top of the cinder block wall, they have these cinder block caps that are about like two and a half inches thick. And that's what seals the top of the cinder block. And so I'm climbing up this wall and I pull to pull myself up and over the wall so I could get up and then get on the roof. And the top cinder block cap comes completely loose but i had all my weight on it i was about to pull up like this and i'm hanging off the wall comes completely loose fall backwards and just essentially throw the cinder block directly onto my shin Ah. and thankfully it hit like my right big toe first i think and so i thought i kind of like took my toenail off or something like that my toe was really hurting and i kept looking at my toe and i'm walking around i was thinking oh man i totally got away with one on that you know like so lucky and then I'm sitting down 10 minutes later, look down again and notice my <laughs> left shin. And I was like, ah. Covered in blood. That's what happened. Just yeah. like took a monster gash out of it. Uh, Luckily, there was like nothing to, there was nothing to pull together because it's mm-hmm. right on your shin, you know? Mm-hmm. But that was a good, Ow. that was a good two and a half months of like some, some close care of that thing because yeah. that was quite the, quite the wound. But again, just what I'm saying is like, if I had my board, I would have gotten my fix skating in the pool. We would have had a day, but I didn't have it. And I'm like, ah, kind of itching to get into something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stupid. It's, but 
you know. Has it tapered off with age at all? Uh, Mine has just completely fallen off. Yeah, I think. Everything's I, calculated I think, now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a lot. It has tapered off, you know, all things considered, but it's definitely still uh, still there a little bit, you know. Yeah. But it, I think that's one thing that I try and stay pretty cognizant of is, yeah, that risk assessment, being realistic about the risks that you are taking and understanding the potential consequences and what's feasible. You know, that's mm-hmm. really how how you gain some longevity in certain areas like skateboarding or other extreme, more extreme related activities is because you have to be realistic about what's feasible. Like what's within, what's within reach. Sure. You still might get hurt trying it, but what's the difference between something that's kind of a push risk or something that's like more of a reach type of risk where, you know, okay, maybe I'll get this, but maybe I'll get smoked versus, you know, what's just reckless, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that I definitely try and stay mindful of and always have. But definitely, of course, I think over time as I've gotten a bit older, have kind of leaned more towards the more calculated yeah. side of things. You know? I noticed that at yeah. the Wilson Skate Park event back in July, mm-hmm. where I first saw you, met you, um, you were just doing hot dogs. Yeah. The sound system makes sure everyone's cool. I didn't. I don't think I saw you go in the bowl once. For Maybe sure. once. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe at the end. Usually, yeah. it's always kind of busy in the beginning. I want to make sure every everybody gets food and can tear through all the dogs and make sure everything's <laughs> going fine. And then usually, once people start kind of tapering off and leaving, I usually pop in. But in the beginning, it's yeah. definitely more just kind of like event hosting mode. You know, I hundred yeah. percent understand. Yeah, I would imagine you you probably know all about that. <laughs> Actually, way more than I do. I, Even though I throw a decent <laughs> amount of events, is nothing like this stuff, dude. This is. That's what's so cool. I'm, I'm interested to chat with you more about. Yeah, that, we this will is, definitely talk about it's a, it. It's that's an amazing accomplishment, you know, Thank just you. from the little I know about organizing and what goes into it and all the things to consider. I mean, I can't imagine trying to take on a project like that. I mean, I mean, it it took some years off my life and my credit cards, <laughs> yeah. and my credit score, <laughs> and a lot of things. It, it definitely I was the most. Uh, it it's made um. Everything else in life so easy because it was so overwhelming and hard, and of I course, would not man. recommend. And yeah, orchestrating. I mean, towards the end, it was roughly fifty volunteers, um, a, between forty bands. The average band is four people, so it's one hundred and sixty musicians. Um, I mean, that's forty artists. They usually had a plus one, like selling artwork. So roughly, you know, eighty people there, and then family, um, neighbors, the city. The restaurants who brought who sold food or Dude. coffee. I mean, I was corresponding with uh, three, four hundred people just to get it done and doing it alone. I orchestrated, like, did all that alone, uh, executing it like the day of the volunteers were there, like yeah. those days. But it's the whole setup. No, of course, yeah, it's it on was, you. Yeah, it was on me. And I also just curious as to how to do all these things. Yeah, like, every single thing, something that you know, 10, 15 people might do. How do you do all of them? Yeah, right. Um, just so one day, if I if I can get it to happen again in the city and I only have one job, I can now relate to all my, you know, interns or employees and I can sure. get on their level what it is to do that thing because I've done it. Of course. You know, and but I, I miss it. I miss building stuff. I'm yeah. a big fan of building things. Awesome. Yeah. As you are with skates. Yeah, of skate, course. Skateboards, rather. Yeah, right. You, yeah, it's fun to build stuff, use machinery, use right. tools, especially with wood and things you can manipulate that are malleable. I used to love building the stages. I don't think my friends enjoyed it as much as I did. Sure. But I hope they did. But I sure I certainly loved it. And did you did you design and build the stages? Yeah, design and thing? build the yeah. stages. They were twenty four feet by sixteen feet, four feet tall staircase Sick. leading up, uh, eight foot like awning with a backdrop overhanging for shade and weather and stuff. 
um, buried all the extension cords, which are all right there on that wall. Nice. All, all 1,000 feet of 10 gauge extension yeah, cords. Yeah, dude, those uh, heavy yeah, duty. Yeah, that's heavy. That's not the heavy duty either. you can get yeah, at a store sure. before you have to custom make yeah, them. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, we'd bury all them in the grass. And I had made a whole system of how to make it uh, distributed across the all the circuit breakers in the house because we had all this power going on and PA systems. And luckily, I had a great team of friends and great team of people who did some of this stuff for a living or of the course, school for yeah, it. you could get the proper insight from exactly. Them. So I learned a yeah. lot from the people I had around so me, sick, man. which yeah. was which was great. But yeah, the video part of it, the audio, I mean. The tents, the custom tents we had to build. Everything was just built and customized, and it was hard to stop it or get rid of it, but it was so stressful, daunting, risky with the rain. Uh, oh, yeah. Injury, people, thousands of people came. People get drunk. People make mistakes. No insurance on anything. Totally. Just, f- yeah, just fingers crossed it. Just and, it. Yeah. and praying to all the gods of the of the universe. <laughs> and they they answered some prayers. Yeah. They, they, not all of them, They no. certainly did not care about the weather. Yeah. That was one that brutalized me every year is either too hot or it rains or yeah. it's cold days or doesn't rain that weekend but it rained every day leading up so sure. the setup is impossible yeah you know just stuff like that but you no know, it was it was crazy and that is it really has made everything else in life easy because oh dude so no doubt i mean it's such a huge undertaking there's yeah. so many moving parts that go into that not yeah. just from the day-to-day operational things but even what you were just mentioning in regards to the risks that's associated with <sighs> it from like a risk management standpoint, you know, how is this set up? How do people enter? How do people leave? I like all these things are risk related yeah. concepts that people don't necessarily sure. originally think of. And that's something I've been learning over time too. And it, I'm in the same boat with a lot of the skate events. It's kind of like, hopefully this goes fine. You know, are like they, when they're done at a skate park, is that insured the skate park? Yeah. Cause I, yeah. So I think the, the skate park, I would imagine there is insured in some way through the city, you know, I would imagine they probably just like, are insured to where they're not liable if you get hurt. Like yeah, by entering exactly. That yeah, gate. like I would imagine it's like a it's like a park. You yeah. know, what I mean, if you go to a park and fall off a swing and break your wrist, you know, you can't sue. Yeah, the city you, because they put the park up. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You you assume that risk by participating. Yes, but I don't even know like <laughs> how it goes for me because it's like, well, this person was throwing this event. They're responsible for the event at this park. Yeah, and so. I probably should look it. I you probably should look, should look into, into it, it especially in a city like Chicago. They are dude, strict on stuff. Totally, and <laughs> and so it's one of those things. We've had people get hurt all the time. I you was know? the one I was at back in July. I think two people went to the hospital. A guy cracked his head yeah, skating. Probably, yeah. Pretty, like <laughs> dude. it happens every time. It was bad. I guess there was someone there that hangs with you guys. That was a paramedic. Yes, Christine. I yeah. think I think she or they took care of it. Okay, and they got to the hospital. But I was just talking to the guy beforehand with some friends i think i remember was it yeah i remember this yeah, yeah it was i think it was the f- either the last week of june oh that was that was a uh, the wilson's that was our friend yeah it was this year yeah yeah that was, was our a, friend Roth. he okay he he cracked his head open yes. that day yes he did um luckily he's been skating for a long time and he's gotten hurt plenty of times and things so it was a little bit more <laughs> he knew how to fall yeah, it was also we kind of knew the situation a little bit better. It's okay. always different when it's somebody we we don't know. And that's why we know Christine originally, too, is because when we do that Montrose Harbor hurdle event where we take the kicker, the launch ramp, and put it at the end of the Montrose Harbor pier. Into the water? Into the water. When do you do that? So we typically do it at 
at the end of August sometime. Oh, yeah. You did it this year? I missed it. Yeah, so we did it the first year just to see how it would go. Thought it would probably get rolled right away, you know, but lo and behold, leading up to the event, we did some promotion for it. And just because the concept's fun, like, oh, big launch ramp into the lake, people are getting towed in off, like, mini motorbikes, you know? Yeah, yeah. So people are fired up, and I'm already nervous about the event from a risk standpoint because I'm thinking, dude, there's a million ways people can get severely hurt at an event like this because yeah. now we're incorporating water, you know? <laughs> and so... I'm buying life jackets, getting as many things as I can, getting my little spiel in the beginning ready about, you know, skating at your own risk and understanding that, sure, maybe we're going off a launch ramp into the water. At the beginning, you mean like telling everyone? Yeah, like with when the microphone. Up, yeah, how, before how many we... listen? Not a lot, man. That's, I, the, I, that's the thing. The pain <laughs> you're feeling as you explain it and you're serious and I'm laughing. Yeah. And then when you talk about, because I know what that feels like, yeah. when like nobody's taking you seriously. For sure. And the risk is all on you. Yeah. And you have a big heart, so you have a big guilty conscience about everything. Mm-hmm. And then, because why else would you do these things for fun? Yeah. And then when you do have to explain stuff with a megaphone or microphone yep. at a meeting or a volunteer thing or even to the people that are the patrons sure. and, like, you know, 10% listen. Sure, yeah. You know, it yeah. is infuriating. And then also and it's, it's one dangerous. of those things. It's one of those things, too, people show up afterwards. Some people, yeah, of course, I don't expect everybody to listen. I think, <laughs> I do think, you know, all in all, a lot of the people were receptive to it, but at that this year they were more receptive to it because last year we had a pretty serious accident, and that's why we know Christine is because oh, wow. we were more. I was more so worried about okay, what if somebody kind of falls and loses consciousness prior to entering and falls into the water? Sure. You know, so we need people watching the water and things like that, trying to think of different scenarios. There's one guy who kind of pulled up a little bit later, not super familiar with skating, still skates, but not super often from my understanding i think it turns out he was under a the influence of a handful of different things at the time too he's getting towed in off a a motorbike right and so he's holding on to the back and the ground at montrose harbor you know is super rough it's got the cheese grater lines in it for i think it, it helps with grip and things like that and probably lasts a little bit longer but anyway we had these boards with big soft wheels on them and the problem is when they got wet, the bushings in the trucks get extra loose. So the boards get really wobbly already. Um, or they're wobbly in the first place, and they get even more wobbly is what I'm saying because of the mm-hmm. they're now wet. But anyway, he's getting towed in, and he gets the speed wobbles getting towed in before the ramp, and he loses control, falls in like a really out-of-control way. And it happened right in front of me as I was getting out of the water. Full head smacker, like hits the deck in like one of the... You know, uh, and yeah, it was horrible, dude. And so I you saw it right in front. It of happened right in front of me, uh, and I I saw him kind of go limp and lose consciousness. And so I was like, "Holy shit!" And everybody was kind of silent for a second. And I just remember popping up, said, "Hey, you know, are you all good?" He was now on his back, and he kind of comes to and opens his eyes, and the first thing he says is, "I can't feel my legs." And I was like, my heart, you oh. know, sank. I was like. This is and this happened, mind you, within the first five minutes of the event. This was like we are just <laughs> just uh. getting started. So next thing I know, I'm like yelling to my friends, like, "Yo, somebody grab the ramp and get it out of here and put it back in the truck asap, just so that we kind of clear the scene of what's going on here first and foremost." Two, now everybody we're trying to figure out what to do, and thankfully. Christine was there, and she has the EMT experience, and it just brought so much credibility to the to the table into the situation. Because when you have a big group like that and nobody necessarily from a medical standpoint knows exactly what to do, 
there's going to be a lot of opinions on what should happen. Some people are going to say, dude, he just hit his head. He's awake now. Give him a second. He'll be fine. He just chill, you know. But then there's yeah. other people who take it more seriously and things like that. And so it was that's how we met Christine. She came through and it was, oh, man, it's a total godsend in that moment. What because, did she do in that moment? Well, she just she just provided the credibility to to enforce because I was more so leaning like, hey, Somebody call the paramedics. If he can't, we can't touch this dude. If he's saying he can't feel his legs, you know, nobody touch touch him, him, you know? And so then she came in and was saying, and kind of better explained like the severity of what that could be. And then it got everybody else on board, you know, because it's hard when you have a big group like that. Everybody's like, just do this, just do that. Especially skaters. Yeah, for sure. Skaters, you fall all the time. Exactly. And so, yeah, so that was crazy. And the paramedics ended up coming. And I think, I mean, nothing ended up happening. He went to the hospital, got an MRI, totally, like, clean. I think he, I would imagine, had a minor concussion and things like that, too. Or major. Or, one. <laughs> or major, you know, minor, major, whatever. <laughs> <You> can- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, like. but If all- you hit your head and you can't feel your legs, it well, seems I pretty think major. <laughs> it's one of those things, if you do, like, when you do lose consciousness and then come to, for sure, at first, everything's kind of still tingly. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, But, so, thankfully, all things considered, he was okay. Yeah. You know, like, of course, still a, a serious injury. But so that was the first time we did that. And then so the next year I was like, shit, I don't know if I'm going to run this back, but I feel like I have to <laughs> because we didn't really get a shot at it. And I think we could do it safer. How many people did it, like, go off the ramp? Uh, that first year, maybe 10. I'm telling you it was the first five okay. minutes. Yeah. This year we ran it for a good hour and a half to two hours. We had tons of people going How many off. people did it? Um, like how many people did went off the ramp, uh, went off the ramp. So we kind of did like a little bit of a vetting system this year. And so in a sense of, we need to make sure that you're capable of skating down and getting off the ramp, you know? And so we had a couple of friends who were, yeah, just vetting the crowd and making sure people were capable of Mm -hmm. doing it in the first place. And then for people who were a little bit more entry level, because it's still a big ramp to get off of, Mm -hmm. we had smaller ramps that people could participate on. And we had some people designated as lifeguards and uh, like way more. Is this unofficial? Is this connected to the city? No, everything's. So the police, no one does anything? No, not a single event we've ever thrown has had a permit or anything. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. And that's why I'm trying to do it legit because it's scary. When it's all on you, oh, dude, you just it's, see for sure uh, the totally. insurance right before your eyes. Yeah, the, the getting sued to silver suit, civil suit or whatever. Kind oh, dude, of suit. I know. And so I don't. I gotta figure that out, you know. But I was gonna say, if, I thought it might have been something through like uh, an, an event um, to like the park district or something, because you probably can get people to sign a of paper course. before they do it yeah. that they can't sue if they get True. hurt. Yeah, you might still be able to do I it. I think you know. I do think to be honest, for. Yeah, next year for that particular event, for the hurdle event, because we got different plans for it this upcoming year, like kind of even bigger and crazier. It might be a more heavily vetted crowd, and maybe it will require whatever, a life vest, or will require a waiver just for the They don't wear life vests doing it? Life vests doing it? If they don't want to. They yeah. should, you should tell them they have to. For sure. Yeah, dude, maybe some... he had a helmet, too. Yeah, dude. Because that, that guy I'm... wouldn't have had that problem if he had a helmet For on. sure. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I, it's just hard. Like, you know how it goes with the skate crowd if you're semi-familiar. Hey, you know, you, you got to tell me You want to do this wild... Like... People are going to do whatever they want, you know, and that's what's hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. And so, and it's also, it's also one of those things, too, like... Yeah, dude, it's a, it's a very complex situation when it comes down to, like... Yeah, letting people make those decisions based on what they think is possible for what they can do, you know? Yeah, but you got to remind them that that event in that moment isn't a solo adventure. It's not them. It's about the entity, exactly. which is what you do. For sure. And the community. So it it's this thing, although it is your own personal choice, sure. 
to wear a helmet or a light jacket, which I, I get and yeah. I agree with. Yep. It's the second you bring it into an entity that yeah. involves other people, you got to respect. Yeah, true. That. I feel you. I, I you just I have com- to. I completely agree. Because on your own, I'm. Yeah. I don't agree with telling anyone what to do. With yeah, that right. Stuff. If they want to go out there with sure. no padding, go ahead. Yeah. It's your life, you know. Yeah, yeah. I but, totally, I totally feel you. Yeah. you trust me. I, <laughs> I get it though. But some people, it out, is man. so hard. Yeah. Especially like, man, the skate crowd, bizarre people, <laughs> bizarre people. I love it because so unbelievably cool and yeah, nice. Man, it's the Zero yeah. issues. You walk in, you're like, I think they're gonna kill me. And then you yeah. sit down with them, and everyone's like, "You want some weed? Yeah, you want right. a drink? And yeah. you got hot dogs? Yeah, right. You like this music? I'll oh, check out this." And everyone's cheering each other. Totally, on. man. If totally. someone does a trick, zero hate, yeah. zero negativity. Yeah, right. Across the whole thing, but you look around, you're like, someone might. Yeah. I might get hurt. Sure, I feel like I'm gonna get hurt here. <laughs> In not one even way skateboarding. Or yeah, someone's right. gonna hurt me, and no, like That's it's funny, the opposite. Man. Yeah, of that. For I sure. can't explain it, but right. I've always seen it my whole life. Um. But yeah, it's an interesting crowd. Totally, very fascinating. Totally, yeah. I've always, I think, I've always uh, had the the love and respect of the skaters. Even though I didn't do it, I was doing adjacent crazy stuff, right? That warranted like respect. Sure. And I've always felt like that kinship, but I've never understood the the madness of like the tricks they'll do and how badly injured they'll get. Yeah, right. Get up and keep doing. It. Yeah, so for I, sure. I mean, once I got hurt, I stopped doing the thing and I found another avenue to not ever sure. get hurt again. But I don't, I don't really like pain. Yeah, right. Man. I think some skaters are addicted to it. Totally. Something. Yeah, just addicted to the <laughs> the feeling that comes from kind of the battle and then the make. You know what I mean? That's mm. that's the addicting portion to it. And just to touch on your point about kind of the camaraderie that's associated with the scene, mm-hmm. that's that I think in a huge way is what ties people together in that sense because skateboarding is very subjective in that way where – Let's say you're, you know, professional or amateur or whatever. You've been skating for a very long time. And you're skating alongside somebody who's brand new. And we're at Wilson Skate Park. Let's say the professional's going for whatever. Some crazy trick in the deep end of the bowl that's high risk and very dangerous. While the beginner is trying to roll in down the the one bank on the far side that's a little steeper than the others, you know. Mm. One is obviously... a lot more risk associated with it because of the severity of the trick or they're gaining air or whatever for the professional. But for the beginner, there's still an immense amount of risk associated with that maneuver because that's the level they're at. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think is a big camaraderie piece is that it's subjective to the user in that way where the risk is the same, no matter if you're rolling in on the bank for your first time or you're trying something crazy in the right. deep end because it both requires the same amount of mental commitment and it both requires the same amount of physical commitment and can both end in some sort of physical injury. You yeah. know, that could be equally as bad because yeah. of the skill levels of yeah. what you're trying. And so Absolutely. Th- it just ties everything together. That's why skaters can get hyped on somebody's first drop-in or they can get hyped on something ultra crazy that just went right. down because you understand what goes into doing these things, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what yeah. really, I think, brings people together. And that's what you talk about, like, with the kind of the kinship or the – you know, paying your dues and things like that in, in that way. It's it's so cool to see that, man. Like, that, I, I love that aspect of it. It's, yeah. It's amazing to see those little breakthroughs, no matter what level people are at. That's a huge defining factor of what skateboarding mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure just like any avenue and any uh, any industry you go into, you're going to have some outliers. Yeah, right. Uh, on, the, on the bell curve of the skateboarding world, sure. you'll have some people that are probably – not so nice of and course. a little, little cocky of and course. arrogant because they're 
better at a younger age. Sure. And then you probably get some people who are, you know, think they're really good, but they're not. Sure. And they yeah, talk like it, yeah, you know, you probably yeah. get all of it. But yeah. from what I experienced there, it's the first time around a ton of skateboarders in a while. I mean, there was hundreds of people. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't see any, like yeah. zero negative anything, uh, That's awesome, which man. That, good. That's great. I, I'm glad you experienced that too, especially a little bit more like outside looking in. That's been a huge piece to the the concept and idea behind Wilson Wednesday, the park lends itself in a lot of ways to being accessible for people at all skill levels for skating. Mm-hmm. One, there's great places just to kind of kick it and hang out for the day, but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of great features and obstacles to skate on too. Mm-hmm. And that's been a huge kind of intentional push for for the event of, hey, this event is is entirely for everybody, you know, and I want the event to kind of be like this microcosm of what skateboarding just stands for and is innately. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really do a whole lot for that event besides throw it, you know. I, whatever, I get the food, cook the hot dogs, plan the days I go there, come with the speaker, get there on time, and run it. And I kind of just let skateboarding do the rest. It it attracts what it's going to attract and the beauty of that event and how kind of cohesive it is, how many people show up, just being able to hang out together and have fun and have a good vibe. Mm-hmm. That's just what skateboarding is when you yeah. let it do its thing. Yeah. You know, just provide the space for it. And skating does the rest. You know, that's been the idea behind the whole thing. So I'm glad you kind of, you felt that way. You know, that really yeah. means a lot. Yeah. No, it was it was great. You know, I was cool. very impressed. And the skaters I talked with, hung out with, they were doing some wild stuff. And <laughs> yeah. I, I like that, like, uh, unspoken, um, like, uh, it's your turn. Go down the ball. Yeah. Like, everyone kind of has this unspoken waiting totally. list. And, like, there's yep. no arguing or fighting over it. Everyone's just patient with yeah, right. that. And they know when they should or should not get in someone's yeah. way or in the bowl. There's a kid, a young kid who went there. It was really good. But he had, like, a helmet and knee pads and stuff. He was yeah. awesome. Do you know what I'm talking about? He was, like, 13, 14 years old, this kid. What's his name? Uh, I, don't, I wonder if he was at that event. Or I don't if remember he his moved. name, but he was good. Yeah, there's one kid, his name, he lives in uh, Vegas now, but his name's Jojo Jones. He mm. usually comes padded up. Was he skating the bowl? Mm-hmm. And was he doing, like, crazy stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably him. He's, like, a vert skater, skates with Tony Hawk and stuff. He's oh, like, he's professional? Or he's not. He's semi? not professional, but he, he skates, yeah, vert ramps, the really big, tall vert, vertical ramps that Tony Hawk and other vert skaters ride. And rides him very well. He's not professional yet, but he has a handful of sponsors, and he's he probably on be, his yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, he's still very young. He's 15, I think, now. Okay, something. I was close. Yeah. yeah, I thought 14. He might have been 14 then. Yeah. yeah. No, that and was And maybe wild. he's even a little bit older now. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, he rips. Yeah, Joe's yeah. sick. There were some really good rippers. There was uh, G? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen him randomly. Yeah, I man. have seen him under I-55 on Loomis. For sure. By uh, the Duck Inn, that restaurant. Yep. I always walk that way from here. And go there, or when I walk to Pilsen to get food and stuff. Yeah, on Archer and Loomis, are you saying or no? Yeah, it's on Archer and yeah, Loomis uh-huh. under I-55. Yep. That's a new spot. Yeah, the new spot I've been noticing more and more. I walked yeah. past when Miguel was there filming and they were laying concrete Sick. for something. This yep. was, I don't know, in the summer? Sure. September? Yeah, um, yeah I saw that. What was some? I saw something online, maybe on your page, of a long rail. Yeah, it people. was the Halloween event. Yeah, dude, yeah, we did there. Was. Dude, that was another one, like... <laughs> Yeah, that rail was 50 feet long. Did people make it across? Yeah, people did, and it was pouring rain. And so, oh, like, wow. the middle was a total mud pit. You know, it's a long rail in general, but in the rain was crazy and same thing. Like, man, people, I don't know if Ate you said, oh, man, people were, yeah, definitely getting worked. For, I mean, <sighs> that's a, you have to really get some good speed to get across that thing, you know, but that was a super fun event, dude. That brought out a lot of people, and that was just a really, really good time, everybody in costumes. Yeah, and, yeah. that's fun. Especially it- doing it at that spot, too. Again, just like, 
we just been building this spot, Renegade, underneath the bridge, and then like through this whole event. Wait, were, that all that that concrete laying that all that's just Renegade? That's not like sanctioned oh, or anything. Yeah, man. That's, like, <laughs> you just see if it sticks. It's amazing. Yeah. What you can do in this city. I mean, oh, I feel so lawless <laughs> in this city. <laughs> yeah, like, like I just like will walk to my it's friend's so house funny, with man. like a glass beer and a joint. Yeah. And fear nothing and for walk sure. past police and they don't even look at it. Yeah, me. for sure. And I'm like, can you just do whatever you want? Like, yeah. It's good and bad. We've because had. Because they can go the other way, criminals of course, doing whatever they want. Sure. So, but. No, we've had run ins with people and, and plenty of. Because Gerardo and Chris, Mikey, Miguel, all that crew, all the dudes who are riding for Sapien and repping it and stuff have been building a ton of spots all over the place. Yeah. Different concrete spots and just DIY spots where you just. Let things pop up, see if they stick. Maybe the next day they're bulldozed or gone, but then you just find the next spot to build yeah. it and see what works. You know, in this Irish bank spot, the one under 55 is what, what the name's coined at the moment. Irish bank? Yeah, Irish that? banks. It's been called Irish banks for a very long oh. time. I don't actually know the origin story behind the name. Um, Probably mob-related. An Irish yeah, man yeah. with the last name Banks was yeah. whacked there in, like, 1930. Yeah. I like that story. But I'm just going to tell people that. That sounds good perfect. Yeah. Southside Chicago? Yeah, right. That sounds exactly I, like, like what sounds, happened. Sounds way better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so these spots been popping up, and there's been plenty of encounters where police come, and they more so are curious as to what, you, what you're doing because it's not like we're just, like, a bunch of kids. Like, we're all adults at this point. And yeah. Things look legit. Full-grown like Full-grown men. Yeah. For this big, poor man, for the most recent one— for that huge quarter pipe, there was a concrete truck I underneath the I bridge. Was dr- I drove you know? past it and multiple so times. <laughs> it, it looks super legit because yeah, it kind of it was. I was like, is. a concrete truck. And they always ask, like, what are you guys doing? So oh, we're building the, uh, building skate features or a little skate park and stuff. And they're like, oh, are, do you have a permit for that? Or can you? And we're like, no, no, we just we build them out here because there's not that many places to skate. And so we just want to build some, some stuff for the community, you know, in this area. That's what we're trying to do, pop up more spots and things. And then the question's always – are you allowed to do that? And that's what they're asking us. Yeah. We're like, dude, we don't really know, are we? You know? And in this case, with the bridge, that's Illinois Department of Transportation. You know, that's their property. And so that's going to be their jurisdiction over time. I love that. I love but, me a good legal loophole. Yeah, right. I, so, dude, I have gotten away with so a lot because of that. I would that. imagine. With that specifically, because it was bordering a different city where this fest was. Like right behind my yard was a cutoff to a different city. Okay. So when those neighbors, they're the apartment complexes, Separated by a thin strip of forest, but you can hear everything. It just yeah. blocked vision. And so from these apartments, they can't see anything, but they hear all this music coming. When they call their police, they call a different city. Mm. They answer and go, that's not our jurisdiction. Right. We'll have to switch you over oh, to that so city. So lucky, right. So then they get the phone call, and they go, but you're a justice. I was Hicker Hills, they're justice. Yeah. You're a justice citizen. Justice has to deal with it. Wild. And they go, but justice just will deal with it. And they just get lost in the back and forth. And I'm yeah. like, yes. That's beautiful. I had a police officer explain it to me once. Yeah. Because they they loved the Easy Fest, the police. Bizarre. They was like, oh, we wish you can go, but they always, you know, make us work the shift. Sure. And one police officer once, when he was help, he would, they would help get people out of that. I mean, it was crazy. They were very nice. And uh, I remember one time we were, we were dallying a porta potty around the house at like 2 a.m. after the fest. And I'm cop just shines his life from his car on sure. the street 
I'm used to running in that point. Yeah, right. As you might be too. <laughs> and this point, he's just like, oh, I'm just giving you guys a light to help. And he guides nice, us as we pull up. a porter potty through the whole yard. Dude, that is <laughs> wild. You run it in your backyard. In a backyard. That is just so sick. In a sick. backyard, a Especially plot of grass. Like, yeah, just heavy, like so residential in that way. Super residential. That, Surrounded by houses, yeah. The, the difference between these spots, you know, we go to abandoned places where the spot ends up getting cleaner than it was. And so there's already reason for it to stay. It's because yeah. you're cleaning up an area. It's mm-hmm. not like... You're going like, yeah, it's totally different when you involve neighbors and residents, you know. Mm-hmm. But and kids. For course. some reason, yeah. you can do the same thing as 15, you'll get stopped. Yep. 18, probably stopped. 21, eyes look to you. Yep. 30, people, people are, like, are like, oh, you're an adult. You're, you're doing just like, adult stuff. What are you doing out here with no profit incentive? Yeah. What and you if mean everyone's you're just like respectful and yeah, right. stuff and you're not making like leaving garbage everywhere, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well. I, I don't know. For sure. I, I other adults you. don't always like to tell other adults they what to do. do something. They definitely like telling kids. Totally. But when it's another person. That's a great person, point, actually. Yeah. Like, some will try, but screw them. But most don't. Sure. They're just like, I don't know. That's a full-grown adult. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what they're doing. <laughs> not really sure I? what's going on, but. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. That's cool. That's so funny. Just yeah. these, like, renegade, random. Yep. Impromptu spots. Well, yep. they're probably not impromptu. You probably find, scope out a good spot. Yeah, totally. Sometimes it's a little bit more impromptu in the way where you just kind of. <laughs> You skate past it or pull up on it, and it seems like a good thing, and then you try and get after it yeah. as fast as you can, you know? Yeah. yeah but. That's so funny. Yeah, that's a great loophole. Do it under the state highway. Yeah. The problem is, though, if you really do start building it out and it, it does turn into something bigger, like, then you're going to have a—it's going to be difficult. That'll be a whole legal thing over time if that park continues to get built just because they could play the card of, hey— we're not going to be able to service the bridge because we got to get all these scissor lifts under here and cranes for maintenance over time and uh, X, Y, Z. And, or so you just got to leave it at its size now. Or it's affecting its structure and things. And uh, I mean, we still got plans to continue building for sure because we're going to continue building until we run into the those issues. That's the plan. Yeah. And then hopefully, because there's, there's, there's versions of this over time like all over the country, you sure. know, of things that have existed for a long time that exist underneath bridges, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of potential in this spot. I think right now all the people who are involved in working there, it's an unbelievably talented group of people from a construction and kind of finishing and building standpoint to art and everything in between and planning and design and yeah. you name it. And so it's right now it's a really unique time. I think there's, I mean, there's insane potential for that spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so we'll see. But. That's a thing. Skate parks under a highway. That's yes. a common thing. And majority of them are DIY skate parks. Those are usually start by people just pouring their own stuff and then eventually getting recognized by the city. Yeah, yeah I've seen big the one up north. What's that big one up north? Uh, well, there's one. So there's one underneath Logan Square, or, or excuse me, not underneath Logan Square, in Logan Square, yeah. and I think it's over ninety. It's over ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one also. There's a huge project going on for that right now, and there's been a few people spearheading that project. That park's really old and super dilapidated. But right now, there's an amazing rendering of a potential park that can go in there at the moment, a few million-dollar type mm. park that's really proper. That's wild. Um, and they're working with the city to get all that sank. They're going the, that route. And that would be incredible if that goes through. It's just a huge undertaking, you know. But from my understanding and when I spoke with them, they've made pretty fantastic headway on it and have a lot of backing from different um, state representatives and all sorts of stuff. So... That would be a huge thing for Chicago skateboarding if, yeah. if that got built. Yeah, because yeah. there's not too many like big skate parks that I'm aware. Yeah, not not. Of. There's the, the one in Grand Park. Yeah, Grand. Park. That's going to be the most like recent, newer edition yeah. and stuff. And that's a that's a great skate park too. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but yeah, surprisingly for a city this size, compared to a lot of other big cities, 
within a comparable size to to Chicago. Yeah, there's not a whole lot when it comes to mm-hmm. skateboard parks, particularly, and the quality of them. Right. Yeah. Um, right. But it's all good. That's a, that's what that's what develops certain styles, and that's what makes skateboarding unique. Is where you grow up skating, you know, and mm-hmm. so. It's better not to necessarily have all these cookie cutter spots that are just kind of copy and pasted from every single yeah. city and township all throughout the states because people develop certain ways based on what they're skating. And right. so it probably just builds or creates a lot of street skaters. Yeah, street skaters. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, a lot of. I remember as a kid in the 90s, you barely saw those like metal clamps they'd put on like ledges. Yeah, stop, yeah, like, the skate stop stoppers. Yeah. And yeah. then like Tony Hall came out. Yeah, and every couple of years as those games came out, I started seeing more and oh, yeah, more dude, of those. For sure, they're everywhere now. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's really hard to find yeah. spots you could, for not, sure. You know, not see one of those. That's funny, and we haven't talked about your your skateboarding company. Yeah, yeah. Now is it is it a, a shop, a, a skateboarding company, a, a skate um, sponsorship, a, a label? Like what, yeah, what is yeah. it exactly? Yeah, so yeah, Sapient is a it's a skateboard company. It's a skateboard brand, but mm-hmm. it's also an independent skateboard manufacturer. And okay. so at the moment, uh, I'm not manufacturing like for other brands. Um, there's a lot of manufacturers out there. That's kind of how the skateboard world works. You have this, let's say you have 50 brands or 100 brands that exist. All of those brands get manufactured kind of across a handful of different manufacturing facilities. So they all come from similar factories. Mm-hmm. Um, as of now, that's one of the unique things for Sapient right now is the fact that all Sapient branded boards just get made in-house right here. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's a little bit different. It used to be like that back in the day where a skateboard company was a company that made skateboards, you know, mm-hmm. and they made skateboards for their brand. It's just changed over time in that mm-hmm. way. But kind of what we touched on, I'm really fascinated with building and, and love building different things and nice. fa- fascinated with manufacturing and the systems involved too. And so it was just a really unique opportunity to be like, you know what, I'm just going to try and learn a little bit about this and try making boards and see what's when, up. When did that happen? What, when, that, what year? that started in 2000 and I kind of had the the initial idea for it at the very end of 2018. Okay. Um, I was working for a longboard company that used to be from New Jersey, um, but then the whole thing up and moved to uh, Portland, Oregon. And so then I was, I was in Oregon for a little bit and I was working at their kind of distribution center there. Nothing was manufactured there. All the stuff would come from different manufacturers out one box, and then we re-put it together with the trucks and wheels and in another box, you know, to shops. or Where would it come from? Different country? Uh, it depends. Some of the stuff was manufactured in the U.S., and then another one came from a pretty big uh, manufacturer in Montreal, um, okay. so Canada. Um, but so I was working for them and kind of reached a dead end with what I was doing there, and that's when I started getting more fascinated and more interested of, like, I mean, I really want to st- try making my own boards. I think it would be so cool. And so we ended up coming to kind of a – dead end with that business as it was kind of like reaching the end of its life too, to some degree. Um, and that's when I was thinking, you know what, uh, I'm just going to try and move back home. I'm going to call my parents and see if they're going to, if they could let me move home and start making boards in the basement. Cause they had an unfinished mm-hmm. basement at the time. This is in Glen Ellen. In Glen Ellen. Yep. And so I called them and they were down and moved back in, let's see, I moved back in 2019 Um, but then I spent a good amount of time traveling around and skating for as long as I could. And then still got back in at the end of 2019, I pressed my first skateboard in my basement in November of 2019. Nice. And Um, how do you, how does one press a skateboard? What goes into that? Yeah, that's a, man, I'm still figuring that out myself. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, it's, it's pretty fun, man. It's, you're basically, you're essentially, you're just making a piece of curved plywood. It's the it's the same process where some type of steam to yeah, make it warp. Like how do yeah, you? Yeah, so you actually don't need steam. Some okay. people, 
you, it's called cold pressing, meaning okay. that you're not heating up any of the molding elements or you're not heating up any of the stock material in order for it to form. It's made of seven layers of thin maple veneer. And then in between each layer, you're obviously going to glue each piece together. You're going to put it together and you're going to smash it in between two molds that meet. Um, and those molds are going to dictate the form of the skateboard. Oh. And so that's what... So if because you're, it's thin pieces, they're very malleable. Exactly. And what kind of glue do you use? Uh, it's just like a regular Elmer, water-based old-fashioned Elmer's glue. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. No. It's like it's it's a water-based. It's a water-based like PVA adhesive. Okay. So it's, it's similar. A nice adhesive. Similar to Type Bond Three. Um, okay. But yeah. So it, it's a really cool process. But of course, like anything, you know, it's not rocket science. But there is a there's nuance involved to it in regards to mainly in regards to material storage, temperature, and humidity. Obviously, it has a lot to go into it. Absolutely. How, how, is, how are these things stored? Because it's a live, this is a living piece of stock material that's going to kind of move and twist in its own ways, you know, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so trying to eliminate some of those variables and control the climate on the inside on top of trying to figure out what's the adequate amount of glue based on the moisture content of the piece, how much pressure should it be going under, how are these presses getting built, there's a whole right. array of things. There's and definitely so, an art to it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so there's there's when it goes from okay, I made one usable skateboard to I need to make 500 usable skateboards and it needs to be easy. You know, that's where you need to figure out a whole lot more mm-hmm. than just making one. You know, Manufa- what I'm so. manufacturing is the hardest part of any. Industry oh, dude, it's fascinating. By far. Yeah, it's so interesting though. It's like, how do you? Yeah, how can you make these systems more efficient? How can you eliminate the variables? How do you make it? consistent you know how do you build quality into the system it's so fun to figure out i've Mm -hmm. made from a pressing standpoint now me and my friend are just working through um, another design here for two new presses this year but i've designed and built the first three and so just going through the process of yeah building the presses themselves working on the molds themselves going through the whole thing from ground zero it's just so fun to see how you learn each time, like, you'll finish the press, and I'll be stoked on it. It's like, yeah, we did it. But then the second you run some boards in, you're like, shit, I'm probably going to change this on the next yeah. one. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's never-ending. You know, you want that continuous improvement. That's all part of it. Um, yeah. How many have you made so far? So right now there's three. We have three operating presses at the moment, and then there's going to be two more that get built this way. No, I mean, how many boards have you created? Oh, dude, I'm not actually not really sure. Yeah, like, thousands. Yeah. Okay, um, a lot. Okay. Not like anything crazy. We actually really, I mean, to be honest, don't really even sell that many boards. We, mm. we just started selling selling boards to shops, which has been so sick, being able to collaborate and work with shops in Chicago. They're only available in Chicago. That's Um, cool. And then we sell online too, but you know how it goes. Online sales is kind of difficult to build. So I sell a few boards a month, you know? Yeah. Um, And then in the meantime, I'm just kind of working on building out these systems and refining like the procedures Mm -hmm. to hopefully be able to make more in mass quantity and eventually shift that focus a little bit more towards branding and sales. But for now, I got my other job at the restaurant. I teach skateboard lessons on the side. I'm obviously bunking in the shop. And so I'm staying patient with it where it doesn't really – it's great if I could sell some boards every month. It helps a, it helps a lot, but it's not like the end-all be-all right now because right. I'm, I'm trying to build kind of a little bit bigger of a concept and vision that is more long-term. Right. Yeah. Um, How much do the boards you normally go for if you uh, sell one? Yeah, right now, so for a deck, depending on the shape, it's anywhere from 79 to 85 um, and that's going to be typically just a tad bit more expensive than what's getting offered right now, anywhere from 5 to $10, depending on the brand. That price point is not necessarily advantageous for me still, even though it's a little bit more, in theory, after doing all the process mapping and coming up with the cost. You're making a lot of it by hand. Yeah, all of it. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so it doesn't make sense, but it will. 
like once these once these systems get built out, you know, I'm refining yeah. every day behind the scenes and know, okay, once I build this, this is going to I'm trying to make that price point work, you know, mm-hmm. because for now I want people skating the boards, you know. Right. And the boards get destroyed, you know, and it's also like again, it's it's a piece of curved plywood, you know, and it's meant to get wrecked, but it's so cool that you can make this like really beautiful kind of piece of art to some degree once mm-hmm. it's all completed that started from nothing, just mm-hmm. raw material just to see it like immediately get wrecked. I kind of like there's something that I love about that. It's really it's really weird. Yeah. But yeah, that so is for, weird. <laughs> for now it's like I'm not trying to there's no such thing in my opinion as like this is an artisan handmade skateboard. It's like dude, nah, just like you made the skateboard it's going to get wrecked like if you want to make it work, you got to make the systems to make it work. I yeah. want people to be able to afford the boards and to and to ride them and I want them to be the highest quality possible, you know. So yeah. that's on me to figure out. You know, it's yeah. not on the consumer to be like if I want this board it's 120 bucks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so I'm just kind of working on working on that. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I would love to check out the shop someday. You've got to come through. I'd be yeah, happy I'd happy to, to show you and especially since you like building stuff love too. To, yeah. It's a lot of interesting custom fixtures, you know. There's mm-hmm. a cuz you're building everything around the the particular product you're building and skateboards being this kind of weird three-dimensional curved piece requires some very unique fixturing and different jigs and stuff that I know people who are are into woodworking or carpentry or any other trade really are interested in learning a little bit about because it's so custom. It's it's, so interesting because all the carpentry work I've done has always been, you know, 90 degree angles and 45 degree angles totally. and just framing stuff. Yeah, interesting. Nothing it's like opposite. that at all. Yeah. So it is right. it's quite fascinating. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And did you grow up doing um, uh, not, con- not really. physical things, construction things like that? Like working with tools? Yeah, not a whole lot. Like here and there. And actually, my introduction to it was skateboarding of okay. like, I'm trying to build this ramp, you know, yeah. and it starts with like you put the cinder block outside and throw the piece of plywood on it. Yeah. You know, but then over time, you can kind of refine it. My friends and I started building all sorts of ramps in, in high school and things like that, and they were horrendous. You know, they were I was like, going to say that the classic throw a sheet of plywood on a cinder block usually doesn't work out well because yeah, there's right. that little bump lip at the beginning. Yeah, yeah right? You got to get you gotta rip off a street sign and put it down on it. So that it's nice or you got to cut an angle on the yeah, bottom. So it yeah, just, that was way too sophisticated. I would usually try to do time. that flip. That's sick. the uh, 45-degree angle. And the, what was it? It's a 45 and like a, a 60 or something on most circular saws. Yeah, for sure. And I discovered that as a kid and I was like, what's this for? Nice. And I realized like, oh, I can cut like angles. It I got, yeah. That was I, way too complex for me. I, I should not have been using, I was using, I think about six or seven years old, I started using power tools. Nice, like, I love it. Super <laughs> yeah, right? It's well, all good, he'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I cut through the power cable once when I was building my tree house <laughs> in my backyard in the forest. Yeah. Like, uh about 200 feet behind the house and I was maybe 11 <laughs> 11 I was cutting some wood and I cut through the power cable and I was like what the heck it's not working and I looked at the cables cut and I was yeah. like crap I, I need to fix this somehow before my dad gets home but like, I don't know anything about electricity yeah or, right and I looked at the ca- wires and I just saw like a white and black and a um another white and black oh, and no, then I saw not. the other white and black and I was like <laughs> maybe I just like strip off these wires and reconnect them yeah right and so i like unscrewed the housing of the saw and i saw where it like bolted in the sure. cable and i just found like another black extension cord beautiful and i just did that and my dad never know i never got in trouble amazing, and i just dude. reconnected it all and i was like I that's guess. some serious intuition right there well i mean it served me well because as i got older with all the audio stuff in the fest i had to do a lot oh, of fixing cables and totally. mending stuff and you learn i 
I always say jokingly, I became like an unofficial electrical like yeah, that's electrician. So sick. I don't you know. know shit about that. I wish electricity I is. Fa- I learned yeah. a lot. I mean, between going to school for audio stuff, I learned a lot, but applying it and having to work on my house my whole life um, is one of those DIY houses. With my family, you know, for sure. I got I got really good. That's at so electric. sick. And it's never hurt. Well, I've been electrocuted a lot, but it's never uh, hurt me as far as saving money in the future. Sure. I'm always working on stuff. Yeah, dude, that's a. Yeah, I feel that. That's legit. Right. Like Do you that. work on a lot of stuff yourself too at home? Oh yeah, a ton. Well, yeah, I guess I like at the warehouse. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, eventually when I got a crib or something, definitely we're gonna be doing a ton of DIY. But right? the problem is, so I worked at a cabinet shop for a very brief period of time in um, 2020, right before COVID. I went to St. Petersburg, Florida. My friend's dad has a super badass cabinet shop called Bright Woodworks. They do really high-end kitchen, mainly kitchen cabinets, but for any kind of room of the house and custom furniture too. Okay. And I was doing more. They were. I was just a shop hand. It was basically an opportunity for me to like see some sort of commercial woodworking environment. Mm-hmm. And I was sweeping the floors, you know, helping them organize some things. I was on the rough lumber side, so kind of like receiving stock on the other side when we were pushing stuff through the joiner or the planer, you know, basic things, just mm-hmm. trying to get my hands dirty. Um but yeah, super badass shop and just like beautiful, really tight tolerance pieces. You know what I mean? And then I went back to making, went back and I'm making skateboards. And same thing, there's a certain attention to detail that's required. Yeah. But then everything I learned at the cabinet shop about building cabinet structures or other types of furniture, I still do in my shop, but I do it totally DIY and super quick. You yeah. know, and so I think every once in a while I got to sprinkle in, you know, a more, um, what would be the word? Kind of just a, a more tightly designed project to make sure I'm still still got it going in that yeah, category yeah. because I just build, like stuff just goes up quick. It's like, yeah, it works, whatever. It's in my shop. It doesn't need to be perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. But it is nice to have that skill set for when the time comes. If one day I'm trying to build new kitchen cabinets, I do want every reveal on every face to be even, you know, and you yes. want everything to be proper, you know? Yes. So I got to sprinkle that in because lately I've just been like, you know, tacking stuff together with scrap because it's cheap. Yeah. You know? but, but it's fun, though. I know, it's fun. Yeah. Something fun about also not being too precise. Yeah, totally. It, you don't have to be stressed out about it. Like, yep. try. Don't yep. not try. Yeah, right. But it doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah, perfect. of you, course. You, you get a lot of leeway with wood. Yeah. It's not like metal. No. You get so much leeway with it. I mean, you could be off by a sixteenth of an inch and no one even knows. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. One of my dreams someday when I retire is to build like really cool custom ca- cabins for people. Cool. But that accommodate, like I would interview them first for like hours. Sure. But not let them know what's going on. So I could find out like if they talk about photography, I build them like a dark room. Yeah, Without like some nuanced stuff. Yeah, I like really this. cool stuff. They're in the audio and sound building like a listening room for like that's acoustic, so but like sick. not let them know and just like surprise them. Like if you're cool. hiring at that time, <laughs> just let me know. I'm done. Help. I loved. I built a really cool. I built two cabins in my old backyard. One was this cool fort place that used to have a bunch of skateboards in it that Miguel actually gave me when we were like 16. I've known him forever. Sick. I think I've known him like 18 years. And yeah, there was a bunch of a bunch of modest ones from that um, that skate shop modest yep. that used to be in Berwyn. Think Thanks. of Berwyn or Cicero. One I don't those. remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, bunch of those. It had always had like a, it had like blue line yeah, train yeah. on the bottom Sick. of it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that cabin was just I winged it and I slowly built it over years. It had a fireplace, it had five rooms, a music room, all this stuff. But I built it as a teenager. When I was twenty five, I built a really nice one behind it where I actually like laid concrete and put pylons down Wild. like forty inches below the frost line, and hooked up like Ethernet and power to it, and I had. That heater was the heater in it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was huge, though. It was it had a loft. I lived in there for a couple of years to save money on rent and That's rented out so my rooms. Sick. It was insulated, full drywall. 
16 foot ceilings. It was awesome. It's amazing. It was Wait, really so cool. Did, were you actually like laying logs on the outside for the so frame? So for the, or for the foundation, that? I did um, 10 inch pylons in uh, diameter that went down 40 inches with rebar in them. I let those sit for a while. I planed them and make sure they're all level in three different dimensions. And then I laid um, four by four by 12 foot yeah. treated wood nice. on top of the pylons, lifted off the ground, treated so those listening, they won't rot. And then I did uh, perpendicular to that uh, two by eights that went 16 feet, yeah. every 16 inches across that. And that was the foundation. And then I laid one inch very heavy uh, plywood on top of that to keep it good. So sick. And yeah, and then I Dude, had, that's amazing. I had f- I was a I bunch of photos that. of it. I, I, love, I would love windows. to see that because I want to do that. It was awesome. It wasn't, I think. I used so every year at DZ Fest, some of the wood I would buy for it, I had to recycle. I couldn't; yeah. it wouldn't be structurally sound to use it again, based on the holes from the nails and all sure. that. But it still could be used for something, just yeah, maybe not that. Yeah, right. So I would re- recycle it, and I used it to. I would use it for different stuff. I used it to build staircases for the stages. I used it. I'd give it away to people for stuff. Right. Um, I used it to build some of it. I used to build this cabin. So I think all in all, it was maybe like twenty five hundred dollars in material. That's insane. And. It, it was all I really needed to do is build a bathroom and like a small kitchen. I would have been fine. But it, yeah, it was 12 feet by 16 feet. Awesome. And then it was really tall. I had a loft with the bed, sound system, desk, couch, a fireplace. Dude, that is so sick. Yeah. And it was much nicer and more square than the old cabin, the, the DZ that we named DZ Fest and DZ Records after. But that one, again, it was like a shack cabin. But it was still really cool. I mean, we would sounds have, amazing. We yeah. had parties in there all the way around. I built a fireplace in it out of brick. And it was so so dangerous, these fires. But I just didn't let anybody know how dangerous <laughs> yeah, right, they were. Yeah, right. I would, when I would prep for the fires, I would get blankets or towels wet. Just in case. And or... hide them around the, yeah. the DZ on the inside, like underneath stuff. And I would get two five-gallon buckets of water and put hot water with salt in them so yeah. they wouldn't freeze because it'd be really cold out. And I'd put them on the outside where the fireplace was but behind the wall. Oops. Sorry, Mike. Outside behind the wall where the fireplace was. Yeah. I cut a hole where the fireplace was and put a piece of wood that's easily removed. Sure. So you just, just in case the fire gets taken, just throw water I in there. I love it. And if there's fire on the inside, I have all these wet towels I could like hit. For it. sure. <laughs> no I one mean, ever you, knew. It's a great it's a great process, honestly. <laughs> no one ever it's knew. perfect. This place had one door in and out, which is like, you know, big rule sure. of thumb is to have two ways in and out. In theory. Yeah, <laughs> no. right. It's all good. But I would <laughs> it's expl- a cabin, dude. I yeah. would explain to people, I was like, I'm like, if there's a fire, if you grab these rafters and swing all your weight, you can kick through the wall and For get sure. out. And they're yeah. like, what? I'm like, just if you have to do it. I, yeah, right. I'm okaying you kicking my walls down. That is so uh, cool. It was a that wild time. Wild. That was a wild place. I mean, yeah, it was f- four rooms, the front room, TV, uh, a couch with a bunk bed, cabinet. That room I built in 2005. And then you go to the side, and there's the music room with the table. We'd always move that table out and have, like, dance parties in there. And that was 2007. And then there was an upstairs that was also 2007 where we'd all sleep. Sure. And then the back room where the fireplace was, it was layered in Arizona iced tea cans. No way. It had, like, a thousand of them layering it. That's a throwback. Yeah. I feel like I've... Funny enough, they were 99 cents in 2008, and they're yeah. still 99 cents yep. now. Yep. They're the one thing not affected by inflation. Yeah, that's beautiful. I don't know how that works. Yeah, me neither. I don't think it probably does work. <laughs> I think they just lessen the quality of the ingredients. Probably. In it. Yeah, it's just getting shittier and shittier yeah. every year to uh, keep that 99 cent price. We had a thousand cans in there. The funniest part when we tore that down, I moved getting rid of all those cans, and we were like smashing yeah. them with sledgehammers. It was so funny, but um, 
And then the back room had like skylights and it was a hangout spot. And Dude, it sounds amazing. We had the craziest. I need to see photos ever. of that. A lot. Of, I have a lot yeah. of photos. We have some good footage of it. it. A lot of it will be in the documentary. Hopefully that comes out next year and there'll be a lot in there. And yeah, it was just this really fun creative space where all, all the strange people of the world of society back then and the skaters, the artists, the musicians, the comedians, anyone who just wasn't going to do something normal in life. Yeah, sure. By normal, I mean, I don't know what people think are normal, what's normal anymore. Yeah, but okay, I guess that's true. it attracted the, the odd Yeah, sure, the odds which and I yeah, loved because sure, that's, that's me. And, and yeah. I met the, a lot of those people I'm still friends with today, and it's it's very interesting because, again, it was it's, it wasn't, I wasn't like a skater skater, but it was so close to like the way so many skaters sure. live and their vibe yeah, right, that sure. I've always been like the yeah. the adopted skater. I've always yeah, been no like doubt. allowed in the crew yeah, without yeah. being in it because I did I did the crazy stuff too. Yeah, sure. Just different crazy stuff. Yeah, yep, different. Yeah, I love it. I noticed something that we have in common, which is even though you lose a lot of time and money and probably don't even get all the respect you need, you still do a bunch of stuff for a ton of people in masses. Sure. Out of the only kindness of your heart. <laughs> That's very nice. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right? That's what I noticed when I saw you at Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I was like, so these guys serving all his hot dogs, brings the sound system, yeah. probably the grill, probably the table, probably sure. the coolers, probably orchestrates it all, deals with all the good, bad, and the ugly, probably deals with most of the risk, and does everyone even know that? Do, they, do <laughs> yeah, people sure. really understand what's going on yeah, here? Yeah. Yeah. So what, how'd that happen? How'd that happen in your life, your personality? Why are you doing all these uh, things? Oh, yeah. Um, that's a... Just kind of to give back to skating, you yeah. know, like, and also, yeah, it's really about skating has such an emphasis on on the community, you know, mm-hmm. and wanting to be a part of that and wanting to give back to that and provide a space for people to feel, you know, feel that community and feel, you know, how beautiful it, it can be, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's really the big thing I would really want to be able to create is just a space for people to be comfortable to hang out, to skate, to have a good time, and to meet people, you know, mm-hmm. to meet friends where they could skate outside of Wilson and to, yeah, just build that community, man. You know how it goes. I mean, life is like, can get crazy sometimes and actually often, you know, and <laughs> Every there's day. so many ups and downs and difficult parts to it. And so trying to kind of strip back all the noise as much as you can and focus on things that allow you to kind of just reconnect to things that are more simple to your basic kind of like to yourself to your basic humanhood to your friends you know as simple as just getting together spend the day at the skate park have some fun connect with somebody and enjoy the day you mm-hmm. know like trying just to keep things simple you know that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the catalyst for it and the idea behind it was just to help cultivate the scene here as much as we can yeah bring more people together man everybody in you know that's what what skating's about and so did you grow up around that mentality that environment like Friends, parents. Yeah, definitely. uh, Like, definitely family, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's always, we always had a big emphasis ever since I was young, like, on family and extended family, the importance of, like, that unit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's that's definitely played a huge role in my outlook now from, like, a yeah, friends to family type of scenario of trying to build that community for people who aren't obviously like blood related and things too. But yeah, yeah. Would, definitely it was family. Family has a ton of influence on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the the Vienna beef thing, what, how did that come about? Yeah. The, so the hot dogs. Yeah, for sure. I hit them up just to see, I thought it would be a really cool opportunity to collaborate with another Chicago based brand. And they're obviously very iconic in that way, just mm-hmm. because Chicago is known for hot dogs, it's known for its Italian beefs, it's known for all the classic Chicago food. And I thought it would be sick just because we're putting out a lot of hot dogs every Wednesday, man. The event's 
three times a month, you know, for six months straight. And so there's a lot of hot dogs that go <laughs> that people tear through. And yeah. so I was like, I'm gonna hit them up and see if they'd be down to support it in some way or be a partner and sponsor it and things like that. And so we were chatting in the beginning and it was sick. They donated all the stuff for the first Wilson Wednesday of the year, but which was helpful because at first too, just from a logistical standpoint, I was like, if I could just like go get this stuff in bulk from them, you know, that would be so helpful just for me. So I don't need to run to five different stores every Wednesday and try and get everything. I could get a freezer, freeze some stuff. It would just make things logistically for the event, you know, mm -hmm. run a little bit smoother on the back end. Um, but yeah, so it was sweet. They donated for the first one. They donated for the last one. But then in between, they just gave they gave me a discount on some of the dogs. But they like have some pretty high quality hot dogs, and even their discounts like pretty steep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like compared to just going and getting hot dogs at Walmart or yeah. at Jewel or no, whatever. The Vienna beef ones are the, the best. You know, what I mean, they're so good. And yeah. so we'll see next year. We're gonna probably partner with them again in some capacity, but a little bit less. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Just so that it works for both parties mm -hmm. in that way. You know? Because I have an idea. Let me hear it. I might tell you off mic. That's fine. Because it's one of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's an idea of uh, a brand we were talking about earlier off mic. If you remember, I, I talked about how they came three years yeah, ago. Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. And then something we can, I, I could say this on mic. Um, when I was at the Wilson Wednesday, when I was there, I couldn't, I can't help but just start thinking of ideas of collaboration yeah, no matter what I do, sure. everywhere I go. And I saw like the corner and I was like, well, the big tent. And so my sound systems, I've I've yeah, really dude. good sound systems. Why don't we? Why aren't bands playing right for sure? Now? Yeah, like for Chicago sure. local bands. Yeah, no, I fuck with that. That would be sick. Yeah, I'm like this. It wouldn't even be hard. You would you wouldn't have to do anything. Yeah, right. I just got to text some people and it's done. Sure. And I could have legit sound system with legit so sound engineers working, so it yeah. sound very good, like a music right. venue, but there. I have all the gear. All I wouldn't have Dude, to do maybe anything. We, maybe, maybe we plan that shit for the first one of next year. When you know? when is it? It would be sometime either in mid May or early June. I like that. Like we got time. You yeah. Know what I mean, it, all things considered, yeah, it, things move quick, but could be sick. Let's do it. Maybe like, early June, so the weather's like perfect. Yeah. Right. And everyone's like done with the slowdown of like if school and stuff. Yep. Everyone's like free for the summer yep. to go out. I feel you. you. Know? Uh -huh. Yeah. Let's do it. Could be good. I'd be down, dude. <laughs> I love that type of stuff. Fire and that, it up. That company I mentioned, like, they could yeah, drop right. off a lot of fun stuff yeah, for us. Totally. So hot dogs, drinks, sure. Just get it crazy. Music and, yeah. and, and skating. Yeah, man. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, and that's one thing I like have not thought of at all. Is like just been kind of doing this, the Wilson stuff and all the events. I just like, all right, I'm just gonna put this together, you know. But I've never thought of like other sponsors. And mm -hmm. I was like, wait, there's like I could do so much with that mm -hmm. because like right now I'm just putting it together with whatever money I have left over from the restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, I could totally, I mean, we have so much content and so many, like, to be honest, from like a, a uh, participation rate from Wilson Wednesday, like how many people actually show up every week and how mm -hmm. many hot dogs we actually go through and how many people are there and the breadth of people are there from a target audience standpoint, yeah. if you're like going to be talking to sponsors and all that shit, like, it's a pretty amazing event. It spans people yeah. from as young as five years old. There's people who are skating in their 50s. It takes beginners. It takes professionals. Everybody in between is all in one spot, you know, and mm -hmm. it, the whole community comes together and just kicks it. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely this year, this winter, I want to give some thought to what brands I'd hopefully like to try and partner with in the future a little bit for some of these bigger events and just run it up, you mm -hmm. know, and, and see how big we can get it and how fun it could be for the people to participate in it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the most... The most exciting thing. And with skating, you know, when you do something, 
if you're going to do it again, it needs to be better. Yeah. It's just the rule. Yeah. You know, like, it has to be that way. And so it's like, okay, well, this event's happening again. What are we doing this year to make it significantly better than last year? Because yeah. otherwise, why are you doing it? You yeah. Know? Do you yeah. ever do You only do them on Wednesdays? You never do them on, like, a Saturday or anything? The Wilson Wednesday is strictly Wednesday. Wednesdays, okay. It's in the middle of the week for a reason, too. It's yeah. just because, like, it's midweek. It's a good break for people out of their week, and it's also a time when people aren't typically super busy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's got plans on the weekends. It and was so, packed for a Wednesday. You do. It, it really gets <laughs> it busy sometimes. Really I was like, oh, my God, there are yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, here. it's it's so fun, man. I love yeah. Wilson Wednesday. It's just such a treat. you know. Like, And it's also great for me, too. It gets me out of the warehouse for a day, and it's just nice because it it – it's one of those things that's classic too, and you probably feel it too with your involvement in, in music too, is like, oh, don't get into the, the skate industry. Don't work in the skate industry because you're not going to skate anymore. You yeah. know, it, it like kills it for you. Yeah. And for me, I haven't felt that at all, and I hope I never feel it, and I don't think I will to some degree. You can, know, can because, I give you some – well, you might have – actually, I want to hear why you feel sure. that first. Yeah, no, I feel that way because you got you to gotta make an intentional effort to go back to what brought you there. And yeah. Wilson Wednesday is a great example of that. It's like – I just grab the grill, grab the hot dogs, go out, hang with the homies, go swimming in the lake after. It's just so much fun, you yeah. know, and it, you got to find ways to always incorporate it. You know, you can't lose sight of it just because you happen to turn it into a business, you mm-hmm. know, let the business stuff be the business stuff, but you can separate your personal involvement with something that's so special to you mm-hmm. elsewhere. And it, and they can be kind of synony- synonymous in that way too, where they can coincide. And I think some sort of fluid state that's natural and and reasonable you know mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like this thing that you ruin your life over because you're no, like yeah. i need all the whatever because of bottom line or i'm not sure <laughs> even what that means but like we didn't go to business you know school. like business terms dude I, like i think a lot of people yeah. um are jaded by something they might be doing so they'll say to younger people like oh you don't want to do that because then you'll like never like it again sure you don't be a chef because then you'll never like yeah, food yeah. again i was told at a young age at, in college by a professor when I was taking a recording class that if we go down this path of recording music for a living and yeah. doing production and whatnot, that we won't like music anymore and we'll yeah. kind of like be annoyed by it and kind of want to get away from it. And at the time, I was in a band. I love music. I just had the second DZ Fest. I had a podcast. I was having monthly shows. I was like, it's 23. I was like, there's no way I can like give this. This is I'm having. I have this like vision. I'm, I'm sure. enjoying this. Like that can't be. It's not possible. That can't yeah. be for me. So like, what can I start doing now to not let that happen? Yeah. And he didn't give any advice as yeah. to how to mitigate this. Sure. He just, yeah, he's, he's just like, you're all screwed. Because it happened to him. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, there's a way I can do this. I'm a musician. I'm a producer. I'm an engineer. I'm a podcaster. And then I, in the middle of all of that Venn diagram, I love music. I just, just yeah. live, listen to music and enjoy it for like the love of music sure. without analyzing anything. So how do I do it? And what I started to do, and being a, a, a event promoter and doing live sound, like every part yeah. of audio, I, I do it in every way. So how in the world can I not let this consume? And I thought, I need to start now training my mind to hop between these hats yeah. and only live in that world for that moment. Yeah, right, exactly. And then learn how to hop outside of it when I'm not doing it. For sure. So if someone puts on an album, say upstairs in my living room, we put on a vinyl, I could just sit there and listen to it and cry from the lyrics or enjoy the music and yeah. the art of it. I also play music and write music. I know music theory. So right. if someone then goes, 
Ben, tell me about the music theorist. And I'll start yeah. talking about the chords and the sure. key signature and the pitch it's in and the composition and why they went to that chord instead of that one and what part of music history this probably came from. Right. That's one hat. If someone said, analyze huh. this from an engineering perspective, I could start telling you what microphones they used, what right. angle, the distance, cool. the yeah. preamps, the mixing techniques, the panning techniques, right. the automation techniques, the equalization techniques, compression ratios that like you can get raised. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then if someone so said, cool. tell me a producer mindset yeah i guess start saying they dropped out the guitar here to emphasize like start talking about more producer like ideas about how you sure. create a song and ship and shape it and that's it and then i just was like wait if i can just train my brain over right. years of doing this and it took me a while i think it took me until about 29 or 30 i probably tried to do this for about six seven years and now it's like I could do it without even of thinking. Of course, man. I could just hop between it. But I, I had to really, really try to be like, don't. Yeah, you have to be intentional with everything yeah, you do. Yeah, because once I learned yeah. about microphones and recording, I couldn't help but every time I listened to a song, analyze it on a production standpoint. I couldn't right. listen to it as like a work of art anymore right. and get emotions from the lyrics or get into yeah, the, the guitar. Yeah, you're too busy with the It's too busy end. even like, how do they do it? Like, yeah. You can't do that. No. So I trained myself. And every day I would spend hours doing each task yeah. and then like get away from it and not analyze yeah, well, it. Well, that's way. a great idea. It just took forever. So yeah. you can do it. Of course, man. But you have to, it's the same way. I'm not uh, equating it to it, but it's the same thing as like um, a, a medical professional, a doctor. Yeah. They're not just... They know everything about this human body and the anatomy. It doesn't mean they can't like be a human being and love of a human being yeah, and not right. be obsessed with what's inside of them. Yeah, right. It just they gotta train themselves. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. That'd be weird. But yeah, you have right. to train themselves a lot and they spend a lot of time training themselves. Totally. And any practitioner of any kind, any professional or any job you have, you can you can do that. Yeah, it's, I, that's legitimate advice. I like that. You just yeah. gotta. You, it takes time. It's not yeah. gonna just. Ha I think everyone is different. It might be easier for for some than sure. others, probably depending on their brain and the way they think. But the average person is going to have to put in, I'd say you have to put in the least. Right. If you have a lot of things you're doing that involve each other, like you with skateboarding, building the yeah, skateboards, yeah, putting on the events, yeah, right. and then anything in between it, you just got to put a lot of yeah. intention behind it. Totally. Make sure you know how to do that and have cutoffs. You know? Totally. But like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm working on boards until this time, and then I'm going to go skate and not sure. worry about yeah, exactly. boards and sales. And, right. Yeah, you, you. It's also, I think, to some degree, like it, on the point of intention, you know, it's like where do you find the value in what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Is it intrinsic enough to where if nothing else existed aside from the fact that you could do the thing that you like, do you, do you still get the same value from it? Mm -hmm. As if it's a business that's booming and doing well and there's all sorts of sales and the brand is big and has – influence and prominence it's like but if you strip it down remove all of that stuff on the excess like what do you gain from building skateboards what do you gain from skateboarding what do you gain from making music or listening mm -hmm. to music if that value point does not change where it's equally as valuable to you if you're if i'm making skateboards right now and i live in my shop or whatever and trying to make this thing work and have the lights on versus maybe in the future it's who knows what it can turn into mm -hmm. some big cool business or whatever and is the value the same? That's how I kind of mm. like, that's how I measure it. Because for me, dude, it's about, it's, it's passion and process. You know, it's about skating. It's about building. It's about taking your time and being patient with these things and just letting the process dictate the passion. It's not like finally the business will be grown when it reaches this many people and I sell this many boards mm -hmm. and make my one millionth board. You know what I mean? It's like not about that, dude. It's about it's about the process behind it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I think if you can find if you can find meaning in whatever process you've dedicated yourself to, the intrinsic value that comes from the process itself 
is endless. It's, it's infinite. Yeah. And so like nothing else matters, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Really. And so that's where for me, the big separation point lies. It's like, yeah, sure. It, it is a business. There are all these things operationally that have to exist and have to happen. But at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with that type of stuff. It's yeah. about doing it. You know? What would be your, like, what's your vision? What would you like to happen with, with yeah. your, with your skateboarding company? You know, I think for me and what if people have asked this question quite a bit, you know, you, it's classic. You get this question a lot. I mean, sure, absolutely. Um, and I don't have one of those. I, I don't necessarily have any legitimate answer to yeah. that question. For me, I've always thought, you know, if I could create some, if I could create this skateboard company and Sapient can be something that can sustain itself, you know, it's a sustainable business in that way that it functions and could sustain myself and the future employees and the lives that they're envisioning for themselves or their families, and they can find purpose within the brand, within the business, and actually feel meaning in their work, you know, myself included, dude, that would be the dream. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and if that reaches that point, if Sapien reaches that point at five employees or reaches it at two employees or 10 or 20 or 50, Mm -hmm. then great, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, if it for now it's like if I could quit my other jobs and this could be something where – other people can find meaning in for their work. You know, I'd be so, I'd be so happy with that. I'd be mm-hmm. so proud of that. Cause you know how it goes with work and man, everybody's got to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's one of those things that's, you dedicate so much time in your life to working. And yeah. so if you could find, find a job that you find meaning in and it can, it could tune into one of your passions and you could find purpose in every day, you get compensated correctly. It allows you to live the life you envision for yourself. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's, that's the end goal. No matter how I get there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, I just think that would be the sickest. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. be so hyped on that. Uh, but it's, for now, we just, like, keep chipping away. It's know? a lot to do. It, it yeah. takes so much investment. Right. Of not just money, but your, your time and your your mentality, your mental capacity yeah. to start a business from thin air, especially if you yeah, don't right. have help, if you don't come from, like, a wealthy place where you have seed money. If you're just doing your own thing. Sure. It's... It's so hard to explain to someone doing it. Having done it myself and continuing to do it, I can't express it enough to people. And a lot of people have asked, like, uh, give advice or consulting of ideas. And I never know what to say because I'm like, this is insane. Like, what what I've been doing and trying to do is not easy to do and almost impossible to explain because it goes so many (laughs) avenues. Yeah, dude, I know. You know, it's like every day I'm like, I can't believe what I did. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I look back on some weeks and it's not really a financial thing. It's not a ton of money. It's never actually been a lot of money. If it was, I wouldn't be living the way I live with a roommate. Sure. And like having a studio in a basement. But what it is is the types of things I'm doing. Yeah, right. It just blows my mind. The types of, just even this right now and this place and that place and the the the, the shows I get to go to and the, the friends I get to Dude, hang totally. out with. Unreal. Like some of the best people, what they do in the world at their craft, and I get to talk to them about it. Dude, it's you're making a living. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, a real it's, living. It's wild because I'm like – but I'm grateful every day, and I, I make myself suffer every day with workouts and going outside and working out outside no matter what the weather is. Nice. That's legit. Because I'm like – I always joke in my room, I'm like – what, I'm, I'm going to complain that I have to sit in my room and edit music all day and get paid for it? Yeah, right. Or, like, go record a band in my basement. My commute is three seconds. I'm wearing <laughs> pajama pants. Stairs, I need yeah, to throw on pants real quick. Yeah, right. Like, I have – I had to do many other awful jobs to get here, but – and I also teach uh, at a university, so, like, 
what I, I have to go sit in an air conditioning class with right. high-end equipment with kids who are paying to be here and talk about things I love to nerd out yeah, about. Right, for sure. Like, this is not hard work. I, yeah, right. I've done the hard work. This is not it. So I make myself do hard work yeah, like because it. it's all, it's so easy to sit in a classroom to talk to someone, to go f- do an interview, uh, to meet up with someone and do a, con- you know, a conference call. Sure. None of those things are hard. I hate to break it to you people who all have white collar <laughs> jobs coming from someone who has done some serious blue collar jobs. Yeah, right. And then some serious white collar ones. Blue collar ones are the hardest every day of the week. Yeah, sure. And some get paid well, but some most don't. And uh, yeah, I laugh a lot when people have a, a corporate they job and they're like, tapping on the laptop. And they're shit. like, ugh. I'm like, listen. Don't you cannot like you you live in America. Sure. You're a citizen. <laughs> you have insurance and a 401k yeah, and a right. retirement Gotta plan. Go. And you have a car and you don't have debt and you make, you know, 70 grand a year doing nothing. Like don't like shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, you have no idea how easy this is. Yeah. Um yeah, you're not like moving dirt and on a roof. Have you ever done a roof? Have you done a roof before? Uh, I've not. Never you don't done ever roofing. want to. I don't plan on it. It is yeah. the worst job ever. Yeah, dude, that's a rough one. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, all these jobs, the pipe the the pipe fitter, the water broke, it froze in the winter. Yeah, like right. all these awful jobs. Right. No, I'm we're good. Yeah, like right. I'm fine. For sure. I'm, I don't care if it's thirty grand a year, like this is so much better I than what you're about to do. And I remind myself of that every every day when I have to do like a, a call or a zoom or this or that or all these emails. I'm like, oh god, emails. Yeah. I'm sitting there on my couch wearing like pajama pants with the sun coming in there, yeah. listening you're to records. A day. At You're ten a, at ten a.m., having to put stuff on Instagram oh, right. and respond to emails, I'm like, yeah. "Oh, this is so easy." Yeah, of course, very <laughs> chilling, no doubt. I feel it. So I'm like, "I gotta go. I gotta go walk." You know, for two hours, I walk and go to the park and nice. work out for two hours every day. Sick. I, you got to. What like what type of workouts do you do? Uh, so I start off here and I walk down to Palmasonic Park, Palmasano Park rather, over on Halsted and 29th Street. Okay. Do three laps there and walk back, but. Uh, that's just over five miles, that whole thing. Sure. But within that, before I leave, I do a set of push-ups. Usually I do nice. 120 a day, so I'll do like 30, 30, 30, gotcha. 30. Do that, and then I walk there, and they have bars. Cool. So every revolution around the park, I do 10 pull-ups, or 10 pull-ups, 10 dips, 10 squats, Sick. 10 push-ups. And I go around the park, but the park also has hills and stairs. Sure. So I'll run up and down those, run up the hill backwards. Yeah, yeah. Do all that. So it's like cardio, really solid walk workout, yeah. and then a bunch of body Love weight, it. body weight it's, stuff. It's legit. It's great. It takes Hell like yeah. two hours, but I, I've been getting a lot of respect at the park lately. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of old people, you know, because sure. everyone's at work. Oh, he back. Except for the retirees. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So it's me and a bunch of old people. And this guy today when I was at the park this morning, this he's like this big biker dude. He looked like Santa Claus, big white beard, and he walks past him in the park, and he's like, "Man, you look like if Fidel Castro and Jerry Garcia had a <laughs> had a baby." And it reminded me of Pineapple Express when that's an amazing one. When uh, what's his name? Uh, when James Franco was talking to Seth Rogen about the weeds that meet and they have okay. a baby and they create Pineapple Express. I see. Yeah, I don't know. That's just remind. So, he said it like a stoner. He's just like, "You're like if you Fidel Castro like Jerry and Jerry Garcia." Came together and That's had a baby, wild. and I was like, I don't mind the Jerry Garcia one, but Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro. I don't know how I feel yeah, about right? that it's one. Funny man, holy <laughs> man, shit! He's got some good cigars, yeah. Out, but yeah, no, it, it's just that, and there's um, <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of like older women there that are always just like waving and just like you're out here every day, like yeah, good right. for you, and like, That's so sick. keep doing it, you know. It's funny. It's 
I really like it. I, I started doing it through the pandemic. It's March 2020, and I had a choice. I was like, I could stay in and like smoke and drink like everyone else's sure. around me. And I had some roommates, and everyone that's all everyone was doing. It's like, or I can like maybe do. They something. say this is like a thing that if you have a good immune system, you'll be okay. So I was like, maybe I'll just like get really healthy and just like work out For sure. and eat and like just start fasting all. And I just started doing all of it and I never stopped since. And it's, That's it's awesome. all worked. That's awesome. It's all worked. Every time I've been sick since, even when I had COVID, it was like nothing. I was like, okay, I think this is, I think you should be, dude, I think people awesome. should be healthy. Good for you. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I mean, you're, you quite fit yourself. I try, dude, but I don't like, I go to the gym every single day, but, <laughs> but. The way you said, but listen, you said it as if you don't do anything. I, I don't. I, I go to the gym. You. I go every day, but. I go every day to shower. That's where I shower. Nice. So I pop in. I'm in for 10 minutes. I go in covered in sawdust. I leave in my fitness. 24 hours. Or the export fitness. Okay, 24 okay. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sick, though, because it's nine ninety five a month, and they got the sauna, steam room, yeah. hot tub. They got everything, dude. Yeah. And I've been going there every day for three years. I've worked out once in there. because, But I used to maybe <laughs> six, seven years ago I would work out. Yeah. But now between working in the shop all day – which is manual, yeah. and then at the other job at the restaurant, you know, you're running around all day, you're carrying stuff. I, like, don't really – I try and stretch if I go, if I'm, yeah. like, trying to get something going because I could really use that with skating, yeah. but I just don't have the physical energy for actually working out. I get you it. You know what I mean? I get it. Um, but, yeah, maybe it's hard to I would do love it. to get back into, like, just, like, trying to do push-ups or something would just be, like, shit. Just do the shop. That's easy. You know what I mean? I, I know. started at, like, so easy. 40 – and yeah. I worked up to 120. And For my sure. goal is to get up to 200. Just yeah. you add like a little bit two every day. or five yep. every week or every month. For sure. Just add five every month. Right. Because it's a long game. You don't have to rush it. Right. Like, if it takes five years to get to, who cares? Just who like, cares? Yeah. Take your sweet time. That's what I'm it trying makes to a do. Big difference. So I'm trying to do with the stretching. You know, I really need to get after it. Like my hamstrings are decent. My hips, man. Holy shit. Like my hips and hip flexors. Like I could walk straight and that's like it. Like, is I it from skateboarding? Like, I think. I don't know, man. They're just so tight. Like, my hip flexors are so tight. Like, I can't even lay in bed all the way extended without feeling, like, right here, you know? Oh, my God. That it's, like, going to cramp. Wait, is it from leaning over and pushing down on, like, boards and I stuff? I don't even know what it is, but. You should get that checked out. I need to just That's, stretch, dude. Because you're 28. That should not. I know. It's not you, ideal. You look quite lean. There's no reason you There's should There's no have. reason for that. Have you had, like, injuries around, around those parts? I mean, I've fallen a million times, you know, but I haven't had any notable ones of, like, uh, I don't know. I have two, I have two um, long-term things that I don't think humans have thought about enough yet because they haven't been popular enough long enough for us to have enough data and ramifications of what it does to our body. This is, I'm I'm interested already. The first one is tattoos. Oh, okay. Because it's such a new thing. Sure. As far as, like, everyday people getting them. Prisoners sure. and sa- uh, sailors. Yep. And tribal individuals. Yeah. Americans have been doing it for a while, but not right. everyday people. Hmm. Uh, so we don't know exactly how they're always going to look on us after 50, 60, 70 years. Like, right. when you're 90, when for you got sure. tattoos at 18. Yeah, right. Probably going to look awful, right? I mean, I don't care. Sure. I'm not telling people not to do it. I'm just, I don't think I, the cat's out of the bag yet. Sure. The second one is, <laughs> is skateboarding. Skateboarding yeah. is such... A new thing, and at the level that millions of people do now, like right. it's been around since the seventies, at least in its more modern form, maybe eighties. But not everyone was doing it. There's right. a small amount of people doing it. Sure. Now there's got to be millions of skaters. Sure, there's worldwide. way more people in it. Yeah. And obviously, people get weeded out over time, but there's still probably millions that do it for like thirty yeah. years, mm-hmm. forty years. So, like, what does the skateboarder? 
the average skateboarder body look like I when they're walk, 75. Yeah, I'd be like stunned if I'm walking by then. Ah, oh, you're breaking if, my if heart. If I make it, you know what I mean? Like, that would be, dude, who knows? Like, it's true. Like, it's a lot of abuse. That's it's you know what so I mean? much abuse. And so, like, when you wake up at 28 and it takes a little bit to get moving, think about how that little bit's going to change when you're 48 yeah. and at 68, dude, yeah. and at 88. No Absolutely. chance you're moving. Absolutely. It's the same. Um, Maybe, though. No. <laughs> Well, stem time cells, will, maybe stem cells. Time will tell. Time will tell. We'll see, man. I mean, yeah. just the same problem that basketball players have with their knees. Mm-hmm. Skaters are going to have their knees and ankles because you're landing on hard surfaces. Yeah, right. Either you're landing on a hard board with very little absorption of shock. Yeah. Or you're landing on hard concrete or hard wood or hard black. It's all hard. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's most, a lot of it's concrete, which is the yeah. hardest of all of them. Right. And you're landing on it at different heights sometimes it's six inches sometimes it's six feet yeah right all the time yeah. and you're landing on it when you're falling on your shoulder or hitting sure. your arm yeah it's not I, and i'm I not saying imagine. don't do it yeah because i love watching it yeah for sure Great we're still gonna do it yeah no doubt but i'm so i concern i have so many friends it's yeah good. i'm always just like i hope you're okay like yeah. when we're old men and then we want to go <laughs> yeah, like we want to go hang out on a ranch and yeah. you're just useless dude, yeah and i gotta do i gotta push <laughs> you around in a hub around or something yeah dude like yeah I'm definitely, yeah, no doctor, but I can imagine that it's not going to be great. You know there's what I mean? There's no way. Yeah, there's just no way. Yeah. I mean, what skateboarders because have done it for 20 years and haven't needed, dude, like, help? But also think about, surgery. like, what you're saying. That's a good point about basketball players. Oh, yeah. But basketball players have the highest end care and physical therapy every single day. And they still have bad problems. And they still got problems. Uh-huh. You're talking about skateboarders who are, like, have none of that, yeah. don't care about any of it, yeah. don't do any stretching, don't do anything, yeah. <laughs> and still do it for 30 years. And, and so probably haggard. What's that going to be? You know, Because it's true. It's like it's one thing if you're getting stretched out every day and 20 years later you still can't walk. You yeah. know? And you get all the little like shots and cool cooling gels or whatever <laughs> they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So who knows? I mean. Do a lot of skateboarders because of all the pain. Do, do, is there an issue with like alcoholism or drugs is that hmm. common because of numbing the pain always getting banged i would up? imagine yeah like well i mean it is yeah right I, it is I, f- I don't know i can't say for certain sure, you know sure what the the reason is for the use you know what i mean obviously that's like a little bit more complex and depends on the individual but yeah definitely i mean i would Im- there's definitely times where yeah a few beers are gonna make you feel a whole lot better <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, of course yeah i, I mean, mean it is and a that, physically demanding yeah. uh activity it is brutal right you know right i i just i i also learned at a young age from my my mom and my parents like because I, I i was a very extreme kid I, I told you about the longboard the skating i also grew up water skiing wakeboarding snowboarding sure. snow skiing all the all that and i got hurt all the time and my mom was just like you need to like chill because one day you're young now mm. and you're young and i was very fit young you know 16 year old very fit and she was like, one day you're going to be 60 and yeah. you won't be able to bounce back from these things. And all of the stuff you did is accumulating. Yeah. And you're going to feel it then. And she, she's had, you know, a lot of people in my family have had issues with because they did physical stuff their whole life. So right. now they all have all these problems. Sure. And I see it now and I'm like, I'm so glad I got out of that wild game at like 22, right. 23. And I survived it because I still like that broken wrist from that longboard. And I still yeah. feel it to this day. Totally. It's not normal. Totally. And my tailbone yeah. still will... If I sit too long on hard stuff, it starts to hurt. Sure. That was 13 years ago. Yeah, I'm no still doubt. Still dealing man. with it. Of course, it. You're gonna, uh, for sure. It's like, I don't, I can't. I yeah. just, I like being mobile and sure. being able to do stuff. So now yeah. I do a lot of physical stuff, but it's all 
very much in a controlled way. Yeah, it's nice. It's like, it's really hard to get hurt doing a pull-up. Right. It's like, I'm in control of every motion. There's sure. no outside force. Right, right. And a squat. Like, these are very dim. As long as you have good form, it's so hard to get hurt. Yeah. And that's why I walk. I don't really run because everyone I know that runs yeah, at some sure. point in their life, they'll vouch forever running is the best. It's yeah. like, listen, at some point in life, you will get hurt. Yeah. And they all do. Yeah. They all, something, rolled ankle. Sure, a lot of impact, too. It's No it's, matter how nice a shoes like you got. It's like two point, yeah. I think it's like 2.5 times. It's like two and a half times your body mass when you land, hmm. whereas walking is 1.2. Nice. It's just, you know, 20% more. Yeah. So I just walk. And every elderly individual I've met that looks really fit, 80s, 90s, I just say, what do you do? And they... 100% of them say, I just walk every yeah, day. Yeah, uh, for like, sure. okay, I'm just going to... Yeah, you got to just stay just mobile. Walk. Yeah, you, know? you just got to move. And that's what's kind of... Just move. <laughs> that's what's interesting, though, too, about the skating thing. You know, you're mobile all the time. And so, like, could this weird Venn diagram between, like, being mobile and completely fucking your shit up all the time create some sort of, like, <laughs> nice thing over time? Maybe. I, I, what I think it'll create <laughs> you know? is a thin person with bad joints <laughs> and bones. Probably. Like, just... <laughs> I think that's what happens, like, yeah. fit but broken. Yeah, and then it's just yeah. more progressively more broken. That's Because yeah. that's why I see a lot of skateboarders are quite fit, Yeah, but, like, they're banged up fit. For sure. They're just, yeah. they're fit, but, like, their joints are not Yeah, good. but they're not in good shape. No. You know what I they're mean? They're just slim. Exactly. But they're yeah. not, like, right. their joints and muscles For sure, and yeah, that's, knees. That's, that's true. <laughs> it's totally true. Ankles shot. I yeah. think every skateboarder mm-hmm. has just got shot ankles. I yeah. mean, how many times have you rolled your ankle in your life? I don't know, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. It's not good. I hate rolling ankles. Oh, it it's sucks, the worst. Dude. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, and it just, oh, I don't do it anymore. I, I did it all the time playing basketball. I played sports a lot. And I don't, I won't play basketball anymore because I hurt my knees and ankles so many times. They're just useless now. I mean, they're good. I just can't do that stuff. Yeah, the second right. I land funny i'm screwed like sure. once you've torn or slightly torn your ligaments oh, that yeah, much man. they're yeah. not good anymore yeah you gotta be you gotta yeah. be wise yes did you play sports growing up at all uh just hockey mainly oh nice. yeah i played sports like other sports when i was younger but the main sport i played for the majority of my life was hockey played through, golf in, through high, in school high school or, or an, uh, a, like a league outside of high school oh uh, yeah hockey. yeah played like all growing up from like fifth grade on played through high school and then played Cl- like the club team for where I went to school for college, but it was basically just like a beer league, you know what I mean? Okay. But it's still super fun. Yeah. What, what high school did you go to? I went to Glenbard West, right in Glen Ellen. Glen Ellen. Is the Glen Ellen near O'Hare? Uh, not really. It's like further west. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's it's kind of near O'Hare-ish, but not really. Like O'Hare, I would say, is like closest to... That's you, like are you by eighty eight or two ninety or it by t- it's off two ninety yeah so like by Elmhurst right yeah by Elmhurst but still further west so okay. you're gonna go Elmhurst like Villa Park Lombard Glen Allen yeah got it um and then you get into Wheaton and then you keep going all the way down to West Chicago and stuff you know yeah so if you were like taking the train from Ogilvy you take like the Union West okay. line all the Is way directly west. Uh, not really either oh, okay yeah I'm trying to think I don't think I've ever been I've heard the name yeah because I yeah where I grew up. It's just for the way for the South. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of confusing. I don't know anything about the South. I grew up in the western suburbs. don't know anything about any other suburb. <laughs> if you ask me anything about the South or even further northwest suburbs or anything, I don't know anything about it. I yeah. know a good – I mean, I've driven all over the place, these yeah. places, but I just don't think I ever made it to Glen Ellen. I think I've yeah. been around it a lot, Elmhurst and Warrenville. Yeah. And I go up to Barrington a lot for nice. work for a client. and Yeah, but – there, uh, I don't know, growing up, there's always like a, an othering of the suburbs because uh-huh. every suburb 
has its like hierarchy of economics, sure. socioeconomics, yeah. you know. So if you grow up, if like anytime, I can't help but do it still to this day, even though it's usually right. When someone's like, I grew up in a North Shore suburb or something, yeah, always for like, sure. oh, it must have been real hard. Yeah. <laughs> must have been North real Shores. tough up there in yeah, the North right. Shore suburbs, you know. Right. It's nice up there, man. Oh, Holy my shit. God. It is. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time in Lake Forest as of lately. Yeah, Lake Forest is beautiful. They've got crazy houses up Stupid. there. Stupid. Yeah. It is unfair that yeah. this planet has those houses. And then a mile south of me is like Englewood. And sure. It's one of the worst neighborhoods in the yeah, country. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, right. It's dark. Right. It's very dark to have that juxtaposition to like yeah. live within it, be around it, and then go to like literally billionaires' homes. Sure. It's outrageous. I mean, I've never seen such a nice town in my life. It's it's like every shop is a mom and pa shop. Yeah. Because they could afford to be because people could afford to buy stuff from there. Every car is German or Tesla. Yeah. All of them. Um, I remember one time I was walking and I saw nine uh, Mercedes Benz in a row. And this is not a car dealership. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, right. I was just like, this is like. It's what? a neighborhood. Yeah. 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 There's banks everywhere. Everyone's happy. Right. Everyone's got their Lululemon pants on. It's just. Well, great. looking happy at least. Yeah. Looking yeah. happy. Everyone looks like healthy and good. Like, yeah. Everyone's fit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone looks good. <laughs> like, oh, they got so time this is what good diet and nutrition yeah. does to you. And, yeah, right. You know. Not having to work and go. Wait, so do you go up there for work and, and stuff uh, or what? I, my girlfriend was going to school up there. I see. Cool. For a while. So yeah. I, I went up there before. Yeah. yeah cool. A lot, yeah. Nice. It was, it's bizarre. I, I enjoyed it for the, the spectacle that it is. Yeah. To no, we've out. been up there. My uh, my mom's cousin. So It's like a some familial connection there. Yeah. Lives up there. Oh, wow. Dope crib, dude. I bet. It's so nice, what, man. What'd they do for a living? I think her husband was banker or something. Oh, who'd have yeah. thought? Yeah, like some banker, but be, like, dude, yeah, the houses are huge. We go oh, there. Yeah. We tr- we used to go there once a year. We'd get together for my uh, great great aunt's birthday and stuff up there. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't been there in a couple years since she had passed too. But yeah, the house is insane. And I just remember driving through the the neighborhoods. Just beautiful. And same Outrageous. thing too. Like Glen Ellen's beautiful town. Small little town. Little township. Like with a little cute movie theater, yeah, and all sorts that's of cool. stuff too. Some old houses and things. That's how too. a lot of the yeah. further suburbs are. For sure, they all have it's like cool. their small downtown. That's what was sick growing up there is that it has this downtown. So like, it's got its own unique feel. Where like you could operate as a little kid around the downtown area via skateboard or bike or mm-hmm. foot, and like you could be out and about all day. But it's small enough to where like, yeah, you just had that freedom to roam, which mm-hmm. was so cool because it's like this unique town. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was fun. I, I liked growing up there. It was sick. And then after you grew up there, when did you get the job working for the skate company? Oh, uh, dude, I was like working. I started riding for them when I was 13. And so like oh, okay. I was working for them in theory in that capacity for a long time. And then when I graduated from college, well, in high school, I was doing some customer service stuff for them because they had one of those online chats where people mm-hmm. were like, hey, I'm thinking about getting this board. This is the right size. Mm-hmm. you know? And then when I graduated uh, from college, they had a position opening up at their spot in Jersey to manage the distribution center and like help with manage the board builders for the orders coming in and just manage the warehouse, you know. Um, what, uh, what college you go to? Uh, it's Gonzaga University in oh. Spokane, Washington. That's where my roommate's from. He's going to love that you. Uh, no shit, I love Spokane, man. He, I miss that place so much. He's obsessed. I mean, well, obviously, not. He's, he's lived yeah. here for, you know, 11 years, but he's from Spokane. And every time people say, like, they say it wrong. Like, yeah. Like, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yeah, right. Instead of Gonzaga. Yeah, right. He just gets all bent out For of sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. I feel it. Yeah. It's funny. I don't meet anyone that's spent any yeah. time in Spokane, but apparently you have. For sure. Yeah. There was no, there was one other kid from the school at the time um, who was from Chicago. 
when I was there. Mm. And it's not very big either. I mean, at the time, it was, I think, 5,000 undergrad. Mm. So, like, small, mid-sized school. That's pretty small. More small. Yeah. Um, and now it's since grown a little bit more, and people know it because of their success basketball. with basketball and things. Were you there when the basketball team was good at all? Dude, I was there, actually, for the first time they ever made the Final Four and first time they made the National Championship. That must have been nuts. It was crazy. They lost the National Championship, but, yeah, it was crazy. Like, you know, couches on fire, and the whole city was <laughs> shut down, you know, Your because everybody everybody was been waiting for that moment. Dude, Spokane's such a small city. Yeah. And so, like, that was, yeah, we got lucky with timing there. That was a lot of fun. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Spokane. Oh, yeah. Known for nothing but Gonzaga. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> no, they have this like, great candy that his mom gave me it for Christmas. It's like this uh, brittle butter almond. Huh. Type it's like famous. Like it's the only thing they got going on. No, really? Shit, they got a lot of things is. going on. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. But yeah, everybody <laughs> from the Midwest, the only way, reason you know it is because of Gonzaga, for yeah. sure. And even when I was going there, I'd tell people, oh, I went to Gonzaga. What the hell is Gonzaga? Nobody knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of random, but I loved it there. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know about it because of the school. I knew about it because of him being I from see. there. Yeah. 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 So that you finished there, come back, got the job, went to New Jersey. Yep. And then was there for like nine months or something. And then they were trying to up and move the operation to the northwest because they're like kind of a last ditch effort to like give it a little bit of a spark. Yeah. It was kind of on its on its way out. Um and that's the main project I took on was that move from New Jersey there. So basically loaded everything up into like intermodal crate containers, shipped the whole thing across the states, drove basically to meet the crates at the other side, got there, unloaded them, reset up the shop, was there for same thing, I think about eight months in Oregon that time, which mm-hmm. was sick, really liked living there. And then that's when we kind of came to a, a close with the business is still in business right now, but they were trying to make some other moves, like trying to pass the business on. Um, and so we had some talks about me potentially trying to acquire it because they wanted to pass it on to somebody who understood it and knew it and was doing the day-to-day. And I'd been with them for 10 years. You know, I was 24 at the time, and I, my first interaction was when I was 13, you know. Mm-hmm. So I knew it kind of inside and out. But it just didn't come to fruition. It wasn't the right thing. And that's when I was also thinking, you know, I think I kind of just want to start my own anyway and yeah. stuff too. And so it just kind of came came to that. Um, okay. And so then I ended up stepping down from my spot there and then moved home and yeah, started Sapient. And where does that name come from? That's what we're doing. The Sapient name. Mm-hmm. The the Sapient name. It actually so it took quite some time to come up with it um, because I had this concept and idea of like the philosophy behind the brand and what I kind of wanted it to stand for and mean, but I couldn't really find a name that I felt like encapsulated what I was trying to portray. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sapient is in reference to the human species. It's like Homo sapiens. I thought it was. Yeah. I just um, didn't know. For sure. Yeah. And at the same time too, it's kind of Latin root is intelligent, wise, able to think, um, which is kind of a funny little point to on in regards to humanhood in the sense of like what should we name ourselves you know what i mean like yeah. intelligent wise <laughs> you know like all this stuff but it's Able like to think. exactly but i really liked it because for me i've could we mentioned it briefly today too this kind of like interdependency of the community and the individual with skateboarding and in life you know mm-hmm. like especially with skateboarding it's the community is so unique because it's built on these contributions from all these individuals, from these unique people who bring their own their mm-hmm. own piece to it. And the fact that people are open to their unique piece that they're going to bring in is what makes a community so beautiful. And yeah. so I really liked that name because 
sapien in reference to the human species really speaks to the commonality that everybody shares, but that intelligence kind of able to think speaks to the individual and how those things coincide is when you allow them to in a way that's natural and, and reasonable and, and correct. It's a nothing short of something that's beautiful. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one of the main reasons behind the name. I also, for some reason, I, the, the word sapient, like it just makes me think of early prehistory, you know what I mean? And that type of way, I've always been fascinated with like early human history and things mm-hmm. like that too. And that's why a lot of the stuff with the logoing is a little bit more rocky, like these organic types of pieces. Um, and that's more so, again, from a connection standpoint of I kind of, and that's why I'm fascinated with you living in the cabin and stuff like that's simple. Can you strip this down? I mean, nowadays things have gotten so complex in so many ways from how we live to how we communicate to how we work to all this stuff. Like, can you remove all of it and kind of like go back to a more primitive setting in a way where you could just appreciate what life is at its most basic level? Mm. You have yourself and your individuality, you have your community and the people you love, and you have the world around you, and you experience it in a raw, kind of unaltered state, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, there's a whole lot to it behind the brand. And I've got like, man, before I even came up with the name, I probably have 35 or 45 pages written. It's like some sort of Of different names. No, like of a brand manifesto of some degree. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I love the name. I love the word so much. I think it's just like one, it's, it's unique and people don't necessarily know what it means, but to me, it's got so much meaning behind it and it's the driving force for everything we do as a brand. You know, if I, yeah, yeah, I love it. And you've been doing it for five years. Oh uh, shit. Now it's been, yes. Yeah, since well, basically, like I said, first board was t- end of 2019. We te- technically, I organized as a business in 2020. So it's been three, okay. three and a half. Yeah. Very cool. Um, that's awesome. And it's just you doing it? You have anybody with you? Right now, it's me at the moment in the shop, like day to day, but I've had help in a variety of different settings sure. over time from different people. My friend Thaddeus helped a ton in the beginning, too. He was a, he did all the art for the initial graphics all by hand and stuff oh, and wow. helped with a lot of the design. He designed the uh, logo and stuff, too, the main yeah. logo type there. That's um, cool. And helped with other things, too, day to day, but mainly in the design-related areas. Yeah. And then working now with other friends who are more focused in the screen printing. My friends, uh, Tortoise and Paige, they do screen printing through like Tortoise and the Fox Studios is something that they do themselves. They do stuff for like band posters and other things yeah. as well, but super talented artists and screen printers and designers. So I've been doing some stuff with them with graphics. And then of course, all the homies help in different ways. My friend Absolutely, Chris has yeah. helped build so much stuff in the shop or for events and things. So, you know, I mean, there's been people who have, who have really who have really lent a hand in a lot of different ways over time. But yeah, yeah I mean day to day it's just me in the shop handling all the ins and outs of the operation. But no, of course there's been there's been help in a lot of capacities. Yeah. yeah. And the shop is located in The shop's in Bellwood. Bellwood. Yeah. And so it's like actually right off twenty fifth Avenue. So it's like right on the border of Bellwood, Maywood. People are more familiar with Maywood. Yeah. Bellwood's like kind of this like weird forgotten area in between. Yeah. Um, My brother lives in Forest Park. So right, right, right there. there too. Yeah, yeah. right and off so, two ninety. Right off two ninety. Harlem. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Um, so you're just outside like the city limit. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. still it's Cook County, but yeah. it, it is just out. It is just outside. You could take the blue line to Forest Park, and then you'd have to like ride your bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, right off two ninety. It's super easy to get in and out the city. My other job's in the West Loop, and so like it's just perfect you're back and forth you know what um, that that's you said a restaurant yeah a restaurant it's called texan taco bar it's like a huh. country tex-mex rooftop bar it's kind of crazy good. yeah it's good is it good it's good money yeah, that's why it's good food 
uh, not really. Like, it's it's more drinking food, like margaritas. Is it is it like white Tex-Mex? It's that's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, that's exactly. exactly what it is. But know you know, exactly dude, if you're like going up there, you're trying to like watch a game, have a bucket of beer, some margaritas, get some nachos or something. Not a bad option. But no, it's not like a place <laughs> like I'm trying to go get some Tex-Mex. I'm gonna go to Texas. I'm Tiger trying to get yeah. some. Yeah, I'll go to Pilsen for for sure. Uh, yeah, some you know, Mexican what I mean, yeah, for sure. But if you want Tex-Mex. The the menu is like a legitimate Tex Mex menu. Got it. Um, but yeah, no, it's more so. It's a huge party spot, and I could I kind of start later in the day there, and I work into the night, and so it just works in my schedule in the shop. Yeah, work in the shop all day, and then I could have a proper second shift. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'll have to come check it out sometime, dude. It's a zoo up there, man. I love being in places I shouldn't be. It's like one of my favorite. Yeah, this is the place, dude. It's I'm telling you, I feel so out of place. Because I always there. stick out. Because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wear like you know. This cardigan, which gets a lot of eyes, sure. And That's then a people, beauty. Yeah. yeah, and then people start asking me a ton of questions. Yep. And because apparently the beard, I don't know, things just sure. stick out. Yeah, for sure. I can't explain it. You would stick out at Texan Taco Bar. I stick it's out. It's like proper West Loop. You yeah. know what I mean? It like oh yeah draws that crowd. Te- um, tech and finance meets lame. <laughs> I guess kind of yeah that's a good, that's a great that's a great way to put it yeah. uh, no I, I I love my tech and finance no, people yeah, but I just also too, cannot yeah. help but give them crap yeah why not yeah, it's I fun you. I mean it's fun they know that's what they yeah, get right. paid all that money for yeah, exactly. so we can rag on them yeah come exactly on. exactly come on they're rigging the system let's give yeah, them crap right. yeah right you know uh man but yeah that's a that's an interesting. West Loop is where in West Loop? Like what street? It's literally it's Randolph and Morgan. So like where La Oh, right La by uh, is. Cheval, You're two blocks. Yeah. I, I, just, I was at that. Um, I was at the La Colombe, right by the Voodoo Donut. Exactly. It Texans directly across the street. Oh, ah, I was just there on Thursday. But there's no branding on the awnings. That's. I was it's looking at that. It's all I was black. Like, yeah. I was like, "What is this place?" Yeah. I just looked at it no on way. Thursday. Yeah, dude. Because um, it was my birthday, and I went to All Cheval. Love it. Happy birthday. birthday. Thank yep. you. Love that burger place. It's, Dude, it's, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. And then I either, I, whenever I go there, I'll walk from here. It's yeah. about four miles. Yeah. Me and my walking. So sure. to justify unhealthy food, I usually walk very sure. far. And then you walk it off. Yeah, beautiful. And that's why I always walk past Loomis to see, I see. Um, the skate place right. under um, the Irish Brinks. Irish Banks. Irish Banks. Yeah. Because the, the, the Banks <laughs> comes from, there's those big banks under the bridge, ah. literal banks, you know, that you can skate down. But again, the, I like it better. I like than there it. was an Irish man with yeah. his last name Banks, Banks who was murdered and buried in the concrete. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's I'm going to tell people. Better. Yeah, that's a great idea. And you can <laughs> add some validity to it by dropping real like mob names for sure. Like, yeah, he was O'Banion's right hand man. Yeah, right. Before he was murdered, in 1924. Right at the flower shop. Yeah, right. <laughs> Over <laughs> up, up at the flower up, shop. You know, up in Lincoln Park. <laughs> for sure. And they're just like, really? Like, yeah, look it up. Look, yeah, right. For you sure, know? some book on it somewhere. Yeah, right. Uh, I'll have to go to that spot because yeah. I'm. I well, when I walked, I'll either go to Al Cheval, uh, Green Street Meats, or nice. Hi Fi, yeah. the Robin Place. Yeah, Hi Fi, all great spots. Love right there, that man. spot. Yeah, dude, it's like if you go, I'm telling you, if you go during the week, it's dead, you know. Yeah. But on the weekends, if you pop in there in the evening and later, you cannot move on the roof. Yeah. Okay, it's like one of those spots. It's Taylor Swift's playing. People are stoked. Margarita. She's not it. really there. No, that would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like going through the crowd. Like, T Swift's hanging out. Yeah, she's up there. Drake's here. VIP shit. Kanye. Yeah. Kanye came. Yep, yeah. Kanye came. Yeah. Home. No, it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mostly like going to that area. They have some good restaurants. They got a lot of corny going on. They sell a lot of corn there. Corn. It's corny. Like Who's the, corny? The area. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah, no doubt. Like they yep. took one of the worst neighborhoods in Chicago. Yep. 
and turn it into tech and finance yes. land with Google and Salesforce yep. and yep. concrete and steel and yep. everyone looks open design space. Everyone looks like, you know, like they were manufactured in a factory. <laughs> They're everyone's six foot and gorgeous. Yeah. You're like Wesley Protos. Men and women, by the way, yeah, right. not being specific. Right. You're just like, what? Genes create all these people. Yeah. What is it about money that creates really attractive people? Yeah, right. Like, and I'm not saying attractive in the sense of like, I like the way they dress. They're just like, they're not, they're very fit and healthy and clean and clearly. (laughs) Very clean. (laughs) Don't shower at a gym. You and I have been around all people who do not shower all the time and don't wear new clothes. Sure. And I feel like maybe I'm one of those people. Listen, you like, sh- I like you to think I could be like, yeah, I'm around him all the time. And then I'm like, wait, fuck, that's me. Yeah. So your place doesn't have a shower? That's why you go? No, no shower. So it's a legit just warehouse. Oh, dude, people are like, oh, man, you're living in, like, open loft. I'm like, dude, I live in a full manufacturing plant. Like, and it's a shared space. Wait, who else is there? Well, like, a bunch of other businesses. Oh, but, like, oh I'm behind, God. I'm behind, like, an actual, everything's separated by chain link. You know what I mean? Chain link fence. That's how they separate the space. It's all middlemen. It's all pallet storage and things Not like that. Not actual walls? No. So you live in the same... No, but luckily, the, my spot's separated by wall. Okay. By center block wall. say you just have a so, fence Which separated. is clutch. No, but dude, yeah, it's like full... I mean, I sleep on my desk because I live under there under wraps. And then like my kitchen at Wait, slides. you sleep on your desk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a U-shaped... Uh, it's a U-shaped desk. One side of the L that forms the U is a standing desk. And then that other sec- second L is all the same height. And I got my computers here, standing desk. And then this desk that comes out here, I use during the day, but I lay on that at night and sleep well, on it. Why that. do you do that? Why don't you just sleep on a bed? Well, because I can't live there. Well, how would they know? Oh, dude, well. Someone checks? Oh, yeah, man. The, like, the inspectors come through, and the landlords are there, and all sorts of stuff. Oh, and so, so I- you're like a, a business working there. Oh yeah, I'm a business worker. No, no, no. Like you're, yeah. you're like I'm always, you're just always, I'm always. Why working, don't you just? But it doesn't matter. Why aren't you just always working there? I am. Like at night, exactly. like when you're sleeping, I'm just working. It's no big deal, and that's why it really <laughs> is no big deal. But I'm not trying to cross that bridge because I can't risk it. If the inspector's having a bad day, or the landlord is like, who knows? You know? Yeah. I have no other options, and so everything stays under wraps. All my stuff's hidden. All my clothes are like chilling in different places. What about like a cot? You could just fold away. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. I have a secret compartment that stores this <laughs> foam pad that that the way comes you said out. That. Yeah, dude. You're I, like, should I dude, say I'm tell- this? Yeah, I'm telling you. When you come to the shop, I'll show you. It's like I have every. It's legit. In it, I love like, it. Yeah. So it's I good. love doing everything under wraps. Yeah, it's the best. It's my favorite. Yeah, right. I, I mean, that's most of my life. Yep. You know. That's this place. Yeah, I didn't sure. ask. Exactly. Them. I didn't ask my landlord if I could do this. Oh, dude, for sure. <laughs> Same thing. We built that big ramp in there. Landlord came in one day. He looks, he's like, nice. And he's like, we should call Tony Hawk. And I'm like, maybe we should. <laughs> Do you know him? Because I would love yeah, to meet right? him. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. So, yeah, you know. I Have mean, you come across professional skateboarders? Yeah, over time, people come through town and all that type of stuff. There's a few who live here, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, here and there. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's fun to see in person, man. It's a whole different thing when there's yeah. good skaters around everywhere. But when you see, like, kind of cream of the crop professional doing their thing on a skateboard, it's really fucking crazy right like, i mean when you see someone do anything that all their sole job is and they yeah. get paid to do it is to do that thing yeah dude you get exponentially better at the craft that's why i also have i have uh i'm not sure how to say it i don't always give a lot of credit to people who do a extracurricular thing an elective sport sure. or game for a living because psychologically like 
they better be the best at it because it's all they have to do. Yeah, sure. In fact, they get so much better than <laughs> yeah. you and I ever could be because we got other stuff to do. Sure. They just do it every day. So I'm not like, I'm not that impressed because sure. you're doing it. That's every all day. they get of to do. Of course, you would be better. Like at if it. my job was just to just record music every like nothing else. Yep. I'd get better and I'd have better gear. Like yeah, of course. That's it's just what you do. So it's cool that they do. I mean, I respect. I'm not I'm not trying to be rude, but I don't give. A lot, a lot of people will praise celebrities and people they don't know. Sure. I just don't do that. I don't like, get that. First yeah. of all, it's just a person. Yeah, right. End of the day. They're going to die just like you and I. Right. Second, that's all they have to do. They better be amazing at it. Still not fully impressed because if they sure. had to do that and be that good while working at the factory, while yeah, raising sure. a kid and driving kids, the you know the car sure, broke down, and stuff. Yeah, then really. that's impressive. So For when sure. I meet people who have to do a lot and yeah. they still are good at something, I'm like, that's way that's more cool. impressive yeah, I like than, that. Yeah, I feel you. than Taylor Swift sure. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's me, though, but I'm... I'm no, I'm I get little, that point. I'm a little strict about it. I get that point. You got high standards. Yeah, right. You got to suffer out here, people. That's right. A little adversity. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, man. What time is it? What time is it, actually? You've been talking. It's ten thirty-seven. Very nice. It's been two hours. Damn. You want to end soon, and we can that, always uh, yeah, yeah, do another not, one whenever. For sure, that sounds anytime. good to me. Yeah, for yeah. sure, man. Yeah. Will got her late. He was he was here late. Busy working. He was too busy sleeping on the job. <laughs> yeah, he's not sleeping. <laughs> now we had skateboard lessons today. So you do lessons? Yeah, that's cool. So just, fun. Just yeah. how do people find out? Like they just reach out uh, to you. Yeah, hey, pretty, some lessons. Right now it's been pretty mellow. I there's like a little section on the website for it, but a lot yeah. of it's word of mouth um, for now. That's cool. Um, but that's been a lot of fun, man, teaching kids how to skate and seeing the different... All ages or just little kids? All ages, but yeah. typically it draws younger kids. I got some kids as young as six years old, but have given lessons to people in their 40s and everybody in between. But kind of the majority of the people who come consistently, you know, each week, it's kind of 6 to 13 years old, roughly. Um, and it's just a blast, man, being able to share, like... Yeah, just share the passion of skating, but about the culture, you know, teaching kids why this is valuable not just because it's fun, but for your life, you know what yeah. I mean? And like, it's so cool to see kids work through it. Cause maybe they're, they prefer, they do things like with traditional sports where they have like a coach in an arena and the rules and, you know, they're doing it because that's what their parents signed up for or this or that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a place for them to go. But here with skating, you know, if you want to drop in on the ramp, that's on you. I'm going to stand there. I'm going to guide you down for them. But when the time comes to drop in, you decide to do that, yeah. you know, and when you, when you eat it, you decide whether or not you get up and do it again. Yeah. And so like seeing how that progresses and how they start understanding that and why that's valuable and how like now they start getting more hyped when they eat it and get up and they're more proud of themselves about that yeah. than they are about when they land it. You know, it's so cool to see that. It is and cool. I do a big emphasis on group lessons, try and get multiple kids in there at a time, mainly three max. And that's so they could start meeting kids, hyping each other up, start building that camaraderie that naturally comes with skating. And that's yeah. so fun to see, man. That like, is cool. The kids are hilarious too, dude. Like, because I, <laughs> I don't know about you. Like, I'm, do you have kids or not? I don't have kids. Yeah. So, and I don't either. But it's one of those things when, from like eighteen on, if if you don't have kids of your own or you don't have a big family with siblings who have, you know, kids or mm-hmm. babies or whatever, it's like. You don't really, you're not really around kids. You're not interacting with them mm-hmm. unless you're like you're a teacher and things like that too. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. for me, it was kind of fun because I'm like, whoa, I don't really re- remember the last time I was so actively in, like interacting with kids. They're like hilarious. Man. Yeah. Kids are the, funny. The stuff they say and the things they do and just like, it's really fun. You know, we have a good time in there just skating around and 
I let him pick the music in there. And so, like, my Spotify wrapped was just fried this year. You know what I mean? Like, just the funniest things come through. Seven-year-old music. Yeah, like YouTube stars and stuff. Like, it, I don't know. It's fun, TikTok though. TikTok and YouTube For stars. For sure. We had, we had a lot of fun, man. It's That's a, It's funny. a good time. So you do it at your shop? At the shop, yeah. Because cool. How big is your shop area? The shop, like, the main warehouse piece of it, minus all the offices and stuff, is, like, uh, 2,500 or 2,400 square feet right in that spot. The It's kind of separated by this big pallet wall. So one kind of quarter of it, a little bit over a quarter, is the actual wood shop and spray booth and stuff. And That's then the cool. whole other side of the pallets, we have the big ramp. And then everything else in that area is more like packaging and prototyping and other things. It's all modular, and so everything moves out of the way. That's cool. And that's when I could put in smaller ramps or other little features and stuff like that, too. So That's awesome. It's been really fun. Yeah. So How, how long have you been in that spot? Uh, that spot now has been, it's been two and a half years. My lease is up in May. Okay. Got to try and re-sign there. Um, but, yeah, so it's crazy. It's been, it's been a while. It was nuts. Like, I remember I signed the lease made that first jump from the basement totally prematurely, like like way too early, and I knew it, but mm-hmm. didn't care because I was like, if I get some other job and I live there, I know I can afford it. We could have a ramp. We could skate. I could start putting real machines in there. Like, this is what's going to make sense, you know? And so it was a, kind of a struggle in a lot of ways, but has worked, you know? But I just remember, man, like, I was so hyped on it, knew I could make it happen, but then when the landlord sends the papers, like, sign it, you know, let's do it. You're like, ah. Oh, you know, like now you're on the books, you know, you go from operating in your basement to actually doing it. And I'm sure you know this feeling. Mm-hmm. You sign it, you're like, oh, let's make it happen. Let's you know, it's it. on you. And so I remember being nervous, you know, signing the first one because I, I don't, dude, I don't know anything about business. I don't know any, I'm learning as much as I can. I read a ton about it. I gain as much as I can from the experience and reflect on what I can and trying to do my, do what I can. But yeah. like at the end of the day, you don't. You just got to do it, and you got to make sure <laughs> that you know you're committed to making it happen, and mm-hmm. it'll go down. Because then it's like one of those things that was cool. Like I remember right when it came up to sign the lease again, I was hitting the landlord up like, "Hey, can I do three years?" You know. So like, right after one year, you get your feet wet, you do it, you make it through like that first year, which is kind of pivotal. You know, I think in a lot of ways. Then it's like you start getting more comfortable with it. You know. Yeah. So it's kind of been fun to watch that progression yeah Um, that's great but yeah we'll see it's been coming along it's coming along one way or one way or another man it's trains rolling yeah it's so cool to see i love when people just just try it they just come up with an idea and they just do their thing and it's unique to them yep and it's not because of anybody else it's just a passion yeah and it can turn into a career a lucrative one an important one one that inspire people yeah right help people bring people together for sure i love it i love seeing people do it Soon as I went to that event at Wilson Wednesdays back in June, I was like, I need to talk yeah, to this man. Sick. This is yeah, cool. Man. Yeah, that's... I was very, I'm aware of making things happen. And yeah, man. Sometimes people notice, sometimes they don't. Sure. You usually lose a lot of money, you know. That's true. <laughs> Been there. Yeah. <laughs> Am there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, no, man, I, I, don't, I still don't think I've ever made money. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> How's that work? Yeah, dude. It's I don't like know. This is thing dude. Called debt. I yeah. don't know. Whatever. Yeah, for I'm, real. It's but I mean, no, I in all sincerity, I really enjoy meeting people who just have a passion. They just yeah, do man, it. Likewise. Comes with a struggle. They have to live in weird conditions. I had sure. 18 roommates over seven years. Yeah, right. Lived in a cabin just to get by. Yeah, right. Lived in a closet just to get by. Right. 
and I'm still doing it and still getting by, but I've been doing what I love since totally. and look what I was you a got, teenager. Man. Look, at, look at this. I mean, this, this setup is so sick, too. And, of course, in your mind, it could be something else, but, like, how cool. Like, you have a space, and you created a space where you could do something that you yeah. love, and it's yours. Yeah. You know, like, that is just invaluable. Yeah. You know, like, that feeling associated with it doesn't matter if it's the smallest, worst equipment ever, if it's one little saw and material enough for two boards mm -hmm. dude it's yours you know and, yeah. and you put in the effort to make it it's the coolest feeling you know yeah. and it's just oh man it's like you're looking at a pile of gold and it could be anything it's like not even close to that you yeah. know what i mean but it is you yeah. know for your life you know it's just so special you know what so, you can do with that board is invaluable yeah for sure you know it might be 80 bucks but what comes after yeah right is, exactly it, you can't put a value on the fun, the the camaraderie with your friends, totally. the learning a new trick, yep. you know, breaking your wrist and healing it, and for sure. learning never to do, do that it again, again yeah, right. and do it better. <laughs> or, yeah. Maybe do it again, or but do, do it, it better. Again. Do yeah, it better, right. yeah. you know, be careful. Yeah, man. Is it, do people in the skate community uh, give people crap who wear a bunch of like pads and stuff? Not really. Yeah, like I think people think that you would get shit for it, but nobody cares. Maybe there's like a TV show. Thing, yeah, it's like you know, nerd. You know, like Hollywood writes a lot of that stuff into things totally. that aren't real. Yeah, and I know? think yeah, the majority of people, obviously, when you go to a park, a lot of people aren't wearing pads, and so I think naturally you're gonna feel like an odd person out. But nobody's like, I mean, if somebody came up and talked shit on you for wearing pads, like. That's their problem, you know. That that person is like, <laughs> I would they wear got pads. Problems. Kids wear pads. Yeah, dude. Why not? Like, wear a helmet. Wear knee pads. Wear the wrist. I mean, for sure. Dude, all those things break. That's why we put helmets there. That's why and pads there. Exactly. They all yeah, break. We're going like in a, in mid January. We're going up to Detroit. They got a vert ramp up there, and we go up there like once a year to test our luck. It's a monster ramp. Like, I think it's it's twelve feet or twelve and a half or something. That's the stuff that yeah, Tony That's Hawk huge. or whatever. They're huge man in person. I'm. Every year, I'm armored up on one of those. Cause do you go down it? Yeah, you can drop in on it. Yeah, is, can is drop it terrifying? in. Uh, yeah, the drop ins. Like I still haven't. By the end of the weekend, there you get comfortable. You just like dropping in on any other ramp. But man, first few. But this year, I'm trying to actually. I've gotten a, just one or two tricks on on the actual lip or like on the coping before. I've got some in mind that I want to get, but yeah, dude, I'm like ordering my elbow pads. I'm getting padded up for that, no yeah. doubt. You know. So yeah, yeah no, I mean. You, we're, we're a mouthpiece. A mouthpiece. <laughs> I don't know about the mouth guard. You know what I mean? you know? Yeah, why not keep Can that jaw? Keep that jaw. Yeah. <laughs> when when did you start skateboarding? I uh, started when I got my first board. I think I was nine. My uncle got it for me. Okay. Uh, it was like a GI Joe board uh, from Walmart. <laughs> I was, was gonna sick. say Walmart. Yeah. Oh. And then with the black X Factor ramps, yeah. I'm sure you knew those. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I was doing that for a little. But then I was playing hockey and other sports. And then when I was, uh, was in eighth grade, so I was 13, mm -hmm. I think. That's when kids in my town were getting longboards, and they were getting them to get around. And yeah. so me and my friend, I borrowed my friend's board for a bunch of time, and then my parents ended up getting one for me as a present. And that was sick. From then, we started bombing hills and skating in all sorts nice. of capacities in different ways. But, yeah, that was the hook for I me. I think we started doing it at the same time. Right around the I'm same time. five years, yep. six years older than you. Mm-hmm. You started that at 13? Was, yep. I started at 19. Yeah. So we started longboarding totally. at the exact same time. Well, that was That's like, funny. dude, the reason I think, too, like longboarding had a monster boom yeah. between like, like 2008 to 2011, 12. Exactly. Right, to yeah. 12. And then it just died. Yeah. Because you know? I got mine in 2009. Yep. At, at Totally Board. And there was longboards oh, everywhere. Oh, dude, it, it was insane. Yeah. You know, the. And it kind of works that way, I feel like, with the industry of wheeled toys, you know, between scooters and skateboards and longboards and hoverboards and ripsticks. Like, each little 
sect of wheeled toy like takes up a little bit of market share and sometimes mm-hmm. a lot more and mm-hmm. things like that. But that's one one thing with traditional with skateboarding and stuff too. That one like stays more consistent. But yeah, there's periods of time where yeah, the new wheeled thing comes out like those hoverboards, whatever, and it like's got a chokehold on people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the longboard industry definitely had that um, for a period of time. It seemed like everybody was doing it. <clears throat> um, Mine's still in really good shape because. I haven't really rode it since 2010. <laughs> yeah, right. What was the, what, do you know what model board it? Loaded? Yeah. Um, do you actually, go, yeah, I have no it right there. here. Oop, keep talking. I'll bring it down. Right Sick. Up. Yeah, because, dude, I used to, like, I rode for orangutan, like the wheels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I know all the guys that loaded are some homies of mine from overtime. Ah, oh, dude, it looks like a Vanguard. Yeah, that's a throwback board, man. That is sick. Yeah, loaded Vanguard. And I got the, uh. Paris trucks right there. I got the hang loose. My friend, <laughs> my, on all of our boards, my friend would do the hang loose. That's thing. sick. A classic. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Paris trucks, orangutan it, wheels. It's in pretty good shape. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Because yeah, I cool. haven't rode it in 13 years. Like, I rode it a couple times, but it, in that one year, it got pretty beat up. That's so it's sick. It's not bad. No, it's awesome. Yeah. That Maine, is so California. sick. Yep. Badass. I think it was, it was a good amount of money. I think. The yeah, those are thing, expensive. 300 bucks, yeah, probably. Yeah, it was like 350 Yeah. for everything. I got my income tax check. It was like there we go. There we go. Round that up. I yeah. Went there and got <laughs> totally. That's sick. I was so excited. That's awesome. It's a good board. My friends were jealous for a little bit. Yeah, no, that's nice. Mine was the dope one. That is sick. Yeah, I don't know what to do with that. Maybe I'll just give it to my kids someday. Yeah, for sure. That's a good one to keep. I would keep that. Yeah. 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 It's that's so- also like my skate hoarder person talking like. Oh, what's this broken board? Nah, I need that for sure. You gotta keep that for. <laughs> well, good news that's, is that's a good thing. To it's keep. not broken. Yeah, it's, it's still in great shape. And obviously, the things that you normally can replace, it's not too hard. To no, replace. not at all. It's, yeah, it's, it, that's perfect. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, funny stuff. Yeah, no speed wobbles in that thing. I oh, would yeah. fly zero oh, speed yeah. wobbles. That's sick. so great for carving. It took turns so well. Yeah, for sure. At high speeds. Oh nice, man, man, my wrist is starting to hurt. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> wrist is tightening up. Oh man, between the cold weather and. <laughs> It gets cold in this basin. Do the heat's been off for like the last two hours? It's, it's not so. Yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I can feel it a little bit. But that's also that's another warehouse life uh, thing <laughs> yeah, that we you're, deal with. Yeah. Oh yeah. How yeah, does like, the heat work? It works, but it also doesn't. <laughs> it also like, dissipates. It goes off from like it runs on this huge boiler yeah. for the whole building, and I'm pretty sure it's on some timing system to where it kind of goes off at night. So from 11 p.m. to uh, 3:34 a.m. it shuts. And so, completely like, completely off. Yeah, I think it's like to maybe save money or something. But Do you have like, a space heater? Not, nah, I don't. I have a good sleeping bag, like a zero degree bag. Yeah, and so I'm in there. It's really cozy. <laughs> but the problem is, man, is that, like, if if I go to bed at eleven, I'm toasty. It's beautiful because in the it's baseboard heaters in the office. And the thermostat's broken, and they control all the baseboards for the full front offices where there's other tenants. And it's also south-facing, so the sun hits it all day. And the thermostat's broken. And so this thing just pumps heat all day. It'll be 95 degrees in the office during the day. It's, like, unbearably hot. windows? Yeah. And so I open the windows. When it's 20 degrees outside, it can, like, even itself out. And so I'm going to bed. It's all toasty and nice. Next thing I know, you know, from 11 to 4, it drops... 40 degrees. Yeah, what if it's one of those negative 10 degree nights? For sure. And then so I'm like, holy shit, I'm freezing. I'm all bundled up. I'm in my <laughs> sleep bag with that 430 hits. And I like can't breathe because it gets yeah. so hot again because the heat yeah. turns back on. And it's, then when the sun rises and the sun it's hits. It's just kind of crazy, but 
I've got it. It's totally down to a science now, so it's <laughs> fine. It's like I know exactly like when the layers shed, yeah. and like I could somehow still uh, stay asleep the whole time. It's so funny but when I when I lived so in my cabin, yeah. I yeah. had a more manageable situation because it wasn't I wasn't relying on a bunch of systems. It was just mine. Sure, but it would happen like it would get so hot in there because right. something aloft the heat would rise. It was well insulated with sure. drywall, and. So I'd have to turn off the heat. It's dead winter, and then it gets cold, and now you got to climb down the stairs right. in the dark, go turn it back on, let it warm up. It was really hard to find, sure. like, a, a sweet spot. Totally. The sweet know? spot, dude. It's impossible to find. That's, again, yep. people, when you have central heat and air and a right. nice home that's been remodeled with good insulation, thank your lucky stars. When you can perfectly regulate. That's true. I mean, I've been in houses, fortunately, where every room you could regulate the yeah. temperature. I mean, that's right, that's, that's luxury. That's legit right there. It's a right soft there. life. It's legit right there. That's, that's a very soft life. <laughs> Dude. I say all that one day I'll have it and I'll be like, oh, I'm so happy. No, no, you'd be fine. You'd be chilling. Like, it's about, of course, yeah. Who uh, wouldn't? Yeah, it's sick. Man. I love suffering yeah. and that's just the, the, the trauma we've lived. When yeah, right. It's like, when, when, like, oh, power's out tonight, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be fun. Power's yeah, out. for sure. It's cool. Something you know? different, you know? It's, like, a little <laughs> bit more adventurous. It's, like, yeah. yeah, this looks cool, man. It's, like, I don't know. It's, like, what you're saying about that when you're doing something you really like, though, you don't really, I, it's, it's only until you say it out loud sometimes. I don't even really think about these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's, like, when you're talking about it, it's, like, oh, that is kind of funny that it turns off. It turns on. It's hot and freezing and whatever. But, like, it's just what you're, tr- it's just what you're doing because you're, doing what you got to do to do what you love yeah. to do, you know? And so, you know, it's romantic too. It's cool. There's like probably it's sometimes like, at night you're like, one day I won't be doing this. For sure. And this is going to so teach fun. me a life lesson. Yeah. Humble me. Enjoy these moments. Yeah, dude, it's like, just different. You man. don't have children. Yeah. yeah, right. It's not like you're putting anybody through that pain. For sure. Oh, yeah, no you know? no way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, like, who I'll cares? put myself through that, no problem, but no, nobody else. It'll make yeah. you stronger. Yeah, for sure. It'll make when you're older, life's going to be boring and Hell easy. Hell yeah. Yep. You know? We need to be chilling. Well, well, thank you for all that you do for the Dude, community, yeah. for skating, for Vienna beef, <laughs> no, for skating, <laughs> for the you, community, yeah. for your shop. I, I think it's great. I love the stickers. I yeah, love man. your mentality and your optimism about it. Thanks so much. I relate on that a lot. And this was great. I'd love to talk to you again. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping we can collaborate happens. on a music skateboard world. Yes. Um, that'd be fun. More to come. Uh, yes. More Tune to in. come. Tune in. And, yeah, I'd love to come check out the warehouse. Oh, dude, always. Anytime you're welcome. Just make sure. It's just not where you sleep. It's just where you work. Oh, yeah, it's a 24-hour work facility. Yeah, just like 24-hour, you know, export fitness or whatever. That's exactly what it is, man. All right. Dude, thanks thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And people can find you on all social media. Uh, Yeah, social media on Instagram. Uh, at Sapien Skateboards. We are on Facebook, but I haven't updated the Facebook in like right so long. It just like sometimes cross promotes, you know, directly from yeah. Instagram. Yeah. But it's not organized at all. And then on the website, <laughs> sapienskateboards.com. But awesome. a lot of the main stuff's on Instagram for now. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Awesome. So follow Sapien on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, find the website, go to the events, support them. You know, if you know anybody who buys skateboards or skateboards, buy it for them as a gift. Yeah, I appreciate Christmas you. present, yeah. birthday present. Support your local business. Yeah. Cool. What's up? All right. Thank you, Will. Thank you, man. Ciao, everyone. Yeah. Ooh.